Hello, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary friends. Ryan here. I just wanted to say before we start that while we still can't go to cons in person, um, there's an amazing virtual con happening January 30th and 31st called IACON Online, Where All Are One. It's a not-for-profit, fan-organized, free online event celebrating everything Transformers. They'll have a virtual artist alley on Discord, and it'll be streaming panels on Twitch and YouTube. This con is packed with truly amazing guests. Um, there really are so many, I can't call them all out here, uh, but there are comic artists and creators including Andrew Griffith, uh, Anna Malkova, Jack Lawrence, and Olivia Romandelli. Voice actors David Sobolov, Greg Berger, John Mashita, uh, so many more. Uh, plus, the rock stars in disguise, Cybertronic Spree. Some of the spotlight panels they'll have are uh, 35th anniversary Transformers of the Movie, panel with Flint Dilly, Greg Berger, John Mashita, Vince DiCola, and our man, Ron Friedman. Um, a spotlight panel on Alita One with Lindsay Rousseau. A Build-A-Bot interactive panel where fans will help create an original Transformers character. And the Beast Unleashed panel, talking about how Beast Wars played a huge role in the rebirth of Transformers. Guys, I'm serious. I'm truly just skimming the surface of all the great content that's going to be on there. Uh, once again, it is January 30th and 31st. Check out the website for more details, iacononline.wordpress.com. And Iacon Online is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. We will see you all there, for sure. Uh, Iacon Online, where all are one. Check it out. Sincerely, it's, it's going to be awesome. Now, on with the show. Um, go ahead and touch everything. <laughs> Make sure you like the tactile sensation before you pick it up and eat it. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's I'm trying soft. to move something to get to what I want. Welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your bi-weekly podcast that delivers an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is your host, Aaron, a.k.a. King Arthur. And with me today are two of my finest knights, Sir Galahad the Pure, a.k.a. Ryan, and Sir Robin the Not-Quite-So-Brave-As-Sir-Lancelot, <laughs> a.k.a. Caleb. And, and today we have a holy grail of a guest, a guest who has no doubt built a Trojan rabbit, who has most certainly built a holy hand grenade of Antioch, a, a person who I personally saw cutting down the largest tree in the forest with a herring, a true Renaissance human, a crafter of fine costumes, a reviewer of toys, a chopper and screwer of action <laughs> figures, optimizer not just of Transformers figures, but uh, recently Street Sharks, Power Rangers... Many, many more. Please welcome the master of memes, the king of Cleveland, lonely shockwave himself, Alpha Magnus. Uh, look at the bones! <laughs> with sharp, pointy teeth. This, I, had to, I had to figure out what I was going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> this is naming them all. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> 
if I had Mike Seibert style sound bites for this, I would play my jazz. It's been a long time coming. Drop. There is nothing that makes me happier than the fact you do not have a soundboard because yeah. you would one hundred percent over abuse it, and we become the Morning Zoo crew. Well, I mean, that's my fantasy. Alpha Magnus, I'll... in your own words, <laughs> who the hell are you? <laughs> what do you do? And what talents of yours did I neglect to mention? I am a uh, jack of all trades. Master of like three quarters of some stuff. <laughs> I haven't figured that out, that slogan out yet. Um, pretty much, if I find something and I, I like, oh, that's neat. I then start doing it. Nice. Uh, 3D printing, cosplay, customizing. I've been a Transformers fan since they came out, but uh, <laughs> so you're old. But, uh, we're establishing that right now. That's good. Correct. Um, but I, so this is how it works. All my cousins had parents with good jobs <laughs> i was a growing boy with a single mother so i got uh he-man figures mm -hmm. which were a dollar at big lots mm -hmm. so i didn't get very many transformers growing up uh so when i got when i got reintroduced to the uh the stuff like in i would say beast wars actually might have been yeah. the first i i really liked beast wars toys but not the how they looked it was really stupid like <laughs> these are super articulated but they're terrible <laughs> um, and then one of my friends gave me a Starscream, a G1 Starscream, and, like, half of it was, like, it just comes apart. Mm -hmm. Like, you, the fists aren't even falling. I'm like, these oh, yeah. are terrible, too. Part, I'm parts, glad my uh, mom denied me this as a child. Yeah, parts formers. <laughs> exactly. It's they like, really back... He-Man guys to throw across the room, because this would have broken immediately. Yeah, but... they really back-engineered from vehicle form into how to make the robot look just even, like, remotely I mean, like a person. They were Tinker Toys for Japan, but... Like that's pretty much pretty much was my thing. So then when they came out, I don't know if you remember the Robots in Disguise 2000. Mm -hmm. I think that's that about the time robot. I started getting back into it. Yeah. I think I bought like the Optimus Prime figure from that uh, series, yeah. but nothing else. So has, has so I got re really into it right in 2000, and I bought the Omega Prime, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which if you could take two seconds to think about what the opposite of Omega Prime would be, <laughs> nice. It's that's where I got the name. Would, so so well, it was Ultra Magnus and Prime together. So whatever. So has this so that kind of observation, <laughs> those observations of those toys, has that sent you down this path of making them the way you want them? You know, like doing your three D printing. Now that's a good question. Correct, actually. So it it actually started when I I started purchasing toys, and um, I don't know if you've gone down this, Aaron. You're the the more toy centric. Have you ever bought one and then found one on clearance and then said, well, I'm going to buy that one just in case? Yeah. And then you end up sitting on one? Do you have multiples of anything? It, unless it's a figure that I want for some reason. I don't just – I've never bought it just because it's cheap or thought I could use it for something. That's actually when probably more of a Ryan characteristic. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> As I've said, I'm, I'm an amalgamation of all three of you guys, so – if we ever meet, you may actually all form into me. It is oh, good. Great, to, cool. It is good to have you as a guest because we were missing old white representation on this show. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Talk about the customization scene. There's actually a really great interview that you did with Mike Seibert. Gosh, it was around the time of TFCon Toronto. There was so many, so much about that subculture that i never knew anything about what was your introduction into that scene and i don't know if you can well, give the highlights of what that what is I, that's what i was getting into so um tfw 2005 it's been around forever mm -hmm. it's been around so long that 2005 was the future when it was made right um that site 
has radicons. Um, I was actually a moderator there for a while. Um, but when I got into it, I kept seeing all these things that these people were doing. I'm like, I could do that. I could paint a, I could paint a robots. <laughs> um, so what I was saying earlier about having the multiple figures, mm-hmm. when I started my, my journey into transformers, I decided I was going to buy two of each figure to have them in alt mode and in robot mode. Right. Mm. Then you start running into ones that are triple changers. Right. And your money goes away. <laughs> Forever. So I stopped. Forever. I was like, all right. They didn't tell me if I, I spent this, it wouldn't come back. Um, I can't have like 14 versions of this. I can't get a, a six shot and then have like seven different things. Like, oh, well, this isn't in this weird mode. that he's You got. stick with the wolf so I, mode. Uh, That's the only mode yeah. that matters, six shot fans. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> Noted. So I, uh, what I ended up doing was is I took the the extras and i'm like well i could resell them i guess but they're open uh so i just decided to paint one and i did a nemesis prime years ago and that ended up starting starting me down a path of destruction uh now i actually have i could send you the pictures for for this but i'm actually building a five foot like 11 tall like autobot x made out of a bunch of holy shit extra transformer parts oh, that i have that's awesome i like it and I'm just gluing it together. I was gonna out have the it ready recent, for the out of the recent lines, the the siege and it's, the and the kingdom and all that shit. It's literally all from the start of I have I have put that star scream in there because it's terrible. The original one, <laughs> wow. it's like all beat to hell. And then I have from from G1 all the way to the new stuff. Just whenever I would customize a part, I got an arm here, some legs there. Mm-hmm. So I just started making this like horrific monster. I love it. Um, wow. It weighs like fifty pounds already. So yeah, I don't, definitely I'm send. Cool. We want to see. Definitely send us that. those pictures. Yeah, <laughs> that that's uh, that yeah. reminds you had a, Caleb. You had a lamp that I was always attracted to and thought that I uh, <laughs> not sexually Ryan <laughs> uh, that I was that something that made me I wanted to steal the idea, but it was a lamp you had in Harrison's room that yeah. was a bunch of toys glued There's together a, and spray painted. We had a a friend make that for us. They just they they took a bunch of toys that they found at thrift stores. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of random toys. Kind of glued, hot glued them together in like in a pile, mm-hmm. but in, a, in a, an aesthetically, an aesthetically pleasing, pleasing pile. pile. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then spray and then spray painted it um, gray. But what they did is they did it around a a, a, a lamp, a small post, so right. that that's like the base of the lamp. Right. Mm-hmm. The kids it's really cool. The kids, yeah. The kids love it. I want to. Is it still around? Yeah. Yeah, it's still in the house. I think it's in my youngest kid's room. I saw a guy take an old Xbox and put a Master Chief toy on it, glued it together, and made a lamp. And I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. That's what leads me down these paths is I'll see something crazy and just have to do it. Um, You're one of those people that applies your creativity in so many ways. Like, What, what in, inspires you? And also, like, how, just how do you prioritize all these ideas? Because you're always... I don't know how you find time to do everything you do, honestly. I, 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 I don't prioritize. That is the entire problem. <laughs> I'm I'm like adult hyperactive disability, whatever that ADHD thing. Yeah, that's me. So I'll just like go off on a tangent, and then like two days later, I'm like, what? So it's like a mad scientist uh, thing. I don't have a science degree, or I'd be making Iron Man suits or something. Um, so you just have a plethora of unfinished projects strewn about your living space. Yes, my entire basement is full of these things. But uh, that's what I said. So I decided, hey, I'm going to make uh, use all these unfinished things and make a thing out of it. And then I end up with a giant six-foot-tall awesome. man in my basement. I can't wait to see it. I, I would like to <laughs> see it. Made out of robots. That's, that's, that's a badass idea. You'll have to, uh, if you ever get it done, you should try to, I mean, if you want to get rid of it, you should 
that, that I think that would catch a lot of attention on on eBay or 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 drag it drag it uh, drag it to a con. And... I was so that's that's what I was gonna yeah. do is that when TFCon came around next time, I was gonna literally put it in my back seat. There you go. Drive it there and and have it on display. That's put it in the front seat. Use it. a carpool lane. Yeah. Cool. I'm really hoping Baltimore happens because then I don't have to drive it across country lines. Yeah, how long a drive is Baltimore for you? Eight or nine. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's longer than a drive from here to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> Couple of just general questions. Do you have a favorite Transformer? So, uh, I I always liked Ultra Magnus. So that's hence the name. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. I guess that was obvious. Stupid question. I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. Great. But I liked it for Robert Stack. So if you watch the G One show, not so much. I right. watched the movie a billion. I watched two copies of those till they die. So you fucking um, hate Jack Angel, is but, what you're saying, <laughs> and that, that God, I and, hope his body is in I hell. I do despise his him. Soul. Okay, got it. Yes, yes, Rot, rotten hell, sir. But uh, <laughs> I also, well, the thing was, is he was familiar. It was that eight seven six five three five three. Like you just. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That was the the song, and then to make it even better, I then also knew him from from Airplane. Mm-hmm. So like. Because I grew up watching movies that a child Striker. Striker. He's never going to be yeah. able to land this. They're all as good as dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the same same deal where it's like, I love that for reasons. Like, I remember when people would always watch uh, Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. And, like, mm-hmm. I knew him as as Gunslinger from uh, Blazing, Blazing Saddles. Saddles. Uh, yeah. Like a yes. small child watching Blazing Saddles instead of... Uh, Willy Wonka. Do you have a favorite <laughs> Transformers media? Um, so like the show or comic uh, or, or whatever. Or what? like, that, yeah. Uh, not uh, surprisingly, not the Bay movies. Mm. Oh, oh um, man, that's damn. That's so, too bad. <laughs> so I'm gonna be a weird guy, and uh, I like Beast Machines. Oh, hmm. That is out there. I've never seen it, but it is a widely regarded as trash, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. So the reason that I like it. It's because it is. Okay, there you go. All right? For the it sake is, of trash. It is that wacky, zany crap that G1 was. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, we forgot how to... Our programs are messed up. We can't transform. We have to be Zen Buddhists to be able to transform. <laughs> like, it's it's wacky. It's just like this episode. It's nuts. Why does it exist? Why did someone write that? That's the entire series of Beast, Beast Machines. Um, I remember feeling like the animation it, was freaky looking as well. Like the it way is a they little, animated it's a little the characters' faces. Where, the, where the, uh, the original Beast Wars is super rooted in like, this is real. Everything is real. And then you flip over to Beast Machines, and there's literally a robot in that that isn't even a robot. It's like a wolf that turns into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were just like, whatever. Oh, yeah, dragon wolf. <laughs> love it. Do you prefer the Diaclone paint scheme of Ultra Magnus, or do you like the Hasbro paint scheme? I actually like the Diaclone better. It's um, a cool paint um, scheme. I don't yeah, know why it they is gave cool. up on that. Yeah, like, the white prime inside is the most boring thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, eh, just stick it in there. I don't like regular Oreos either. I like the weird flavored ones. Don't what give color me, is don't give me the prime? boring thing inside of the robot. What color is the prime in the Diaclone version? Is it it's um like a dark blue, black, okay. silver, and he's got like bright yellow eyes. It's just look way more enticing than white 
red eyes. Yeah. I have a fun game for us. I can attest to your craft because I purchased your crosshairs upgrade set. Looks badass in all modes. And the listener may find it interesting to know that you have personally rejected several of my business ideas. <laughs> for example... I've tried to talk you into doing a masterpiece Rodimus Prime face because that face looks like a foot to me and it's just an ugly, ugly sculpt. Uh, Expressive hands for Legends third-party figures. Gap filler upgrades for Combiner Wars figures, which you actually have done in retrospect, at least for the, what is it, the Volcanus figure? So I'm I'm still working on those because the problem is is I have to then test it Mm -hmm. with every every single combiner wars and for whatever reason they make the gaps a little bit different on each one so i have to constantly be switching and oh they hate they hate you customizers there's they don't want you making (laughs) a buck off their back well we're gonna we're gonna play a quick game and it's called reject my toy customization related (laughs) business idea and it's very easy i'm gonna provide you with a pitch for a toy customization and all you have to do is come up with a valid reason why you don't want to work with me (laughs) If you can come up with, I've got five questions. If you can come up with three out of five valid reasons, you win the contest. Are you ready? Certainly. Ryan, I kind of see like an ulterior motive going on. (laughs) Put 60 seconds on the clock. Okay, here we go. Question one. Add-on kit for the Titans 3-inch vinyl figure Pulp Fiction Captain Coons figure that allows you to stick a watch up Christopher Walken's ass. Jesus Christ. Do you want to work with me on this project? (laughs) Add-on kit for the Titans 3-inch vinyl figure... (laughs) Pulp Fiction, Captain Coons figure that allows you to stick a cr- uh, watch up Christopher Walken's ass. Here, I'll, I'll show you a picture of it. And, Please do. And, I have no idea what and this you can, is. So hold on. <laughs> Alpha, <laughs> Alpha Magnus, have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? I have seen Pulp Fiction. Okay. I didn't know that they made a toy of this. Here you go. Do they, <laughs> I'm sharing my screen. This is what the toy looks like. Can you see Christopher Walken's hideous, hideous face oh. on top of this cartoonish Hello. body? I like that. <laughs> So, yeah, the, um, so, so the challenge I'm is, say, uh, I don't mess with pop figures. You what? That's my reason. Yeah. I don't mess with pop figures. Okay, that, I accept that. That is good. Okay, moving on. A conversion <laughs> kit for Kingdom RC and Alita One that turns their giant backpack and car shell sleds into a naughty Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Ugh. I can't argue with that one. That'll sell. <laughs> I was really. But, uh, you need to decline this project. <laughs> it's just, a terrible idea. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna decline it because of how mad people were about the boobs. Okay, perfect reason, and uh, but but also don't kink shame me. Statue. Okay, <laughs> this is this is probably my favorite one. Oh god. Statue homaging the death of the gluttony character from the movie Seven, rendered in grisly authentic detail. Only instead of a giant human corpse, it's Garfield, and instead <laughs> of spaghetti, he's face down in a pan of lasagna. Oh. I think that's been done. <laughs> that's so sad. Unoriginal. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right. <laughs> Next question. All right, you're three out of five, so I guess you've already won the contest, but we're going to finish it. <laughs> Custom Voltron, but it's called David Rosetron, and the head of the Gestalt is replaced with the charming Canadian actor, writer, director, and producer Dan Levy, and Voltron's chest is, hand, uh, is a hand-painted ode to the iconically outlandish black and white sweaters worn by Dan's character, David rose on the primetime emmy award-winning show schitt's creek never watched it (laughs) fair enough you're not going to get the details right but what you need to know is he he likes the wine not the label okay last one 
Excellent show, by the way. Removable stickers that I can strategically place on my monitor when watching the Transformers episode Dinobot Island Part 2 so that I don't have to be distracted by egregious, sacrilegious, animated butt crack during the pilots attacking the yacht scenes. God. Ooh, that's actually, uh, that's more of a reparable labels kind of deal, isn't it? Toy hacks? Do you, you, so you don't make custom stickers? I make vinyl stickers, so if you want one single color over, <laughs> over it, sure. I can make um, a sensor. You know what? Reject the project. I need a gradient, and if you can't do a gradient, a multicolor thing, nope, then I nope, guess we're... Gradient. Okay, then we're out. All right, you win. All right, very good job. Thank you, Alpha Magnus. This was like playing the exciting game. Reject my my toy customization related business idea. Shitty Shark Tank. <laughs> Only one of them had anything to do with trans. Well, two of them did Transformers. Well, you do yeah. more than Transformers. I'm trying to. I do a few like Power Rangers things, but most of the other stuff's customs. I don't usually. My, my so whenever someone asks me if I can make something. And this is I'll I'll just put this out there. If it's not something that like over a thousand people will have purchased, it's not worth the time for anybody to do because only one one person, which is the person asking, <laughs> is likely to purchase that item. Now commissions. I are guess fine. that's me on every single time I've tried to pitch you something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was looking into those uh, the hands that you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. I have a resin printer now, so I could do those. But my filament printer, when you asked, was nowhere near um, that detail. It would have just looked like a bunch of string. It looked terrible. Question around the status of Ryan's 3D <laughs> printer, as I understand, he has set shipped you that printer because he's given up on his dream of becoming a 3d printer sculptor yeah. guy is that does that thing work so those little uh wrenches i sent you oh. that was my test oh okay yeah i just was that's like, his filament wow i couldn't be bothered yeah. to learn so, yeah, a new skill <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna just say it had a lot of tweaking that i needed to do but uh did you so have to print out parts for it to run. work well, the problem is, is like in order to do that, you have to have like somewhat of an engineering background to make something that's busted work on one of those. Mm -hmm. And if it's shipped with the wrong part installed somewhere, it's going to be a pain in the butt to figure out what the problem was. And it was missing like a couple of uh, washers. So hmm. okay, so Ryan, like, you're not it, totally incompetent. No, the manufacturer is a piece of garbage. Well, it was very. The price point is very like yeah. <laughs> you got to do. I mean, he warned me. You're probably yeah. not gonna. Okay, it's probably. not. It's not a plug and play situation. I like. <laughs> I like the idea of Ryan ordering it online, and it's like you can get this version, or you can buy this version without. Two wa like a couple of washers <laughs> for a significant discount. Don't tag so, on the box, 50% chance this will work. And Ryan's like, sold. So in saying that, like, there was a time where 50% of the beds that you have to set the stuff on were warped. So you had to immediately swap out the bed. Oh, it'll never print. it'll never adhere to it because it has mm. to adhere to a flat surface. Okay. So you immediately have to go out and get like a glass bed or something. It's a pain. Whenever someone asks me about that, I immediately tell them all of the terrible things that they have to do, and then they have to decide from there. It's very, <laughs> it's a very glass, fully empty uh, status. I'm just thinking you didn't you... want competitors <laughs> trying to keep people uh, out no. of the game. I chose. I'm, I'm pretty far behind if I'm looking at competitors. <laughs> I chose poorly. <laughs> Before we get into it, what have you got for sale right now? And, um, and where can people catch up with you? So my Etsy is uh, uh, Alpha Magnus, if, if that couldn't clue in. Uh, my Crosshairs kit for Crosshairs. Great upgrade. I love it. Yeah. I also have wheels coming for all of the Lamb Lamborghini um, Generations Siege or for Cybertron stuff. And these are all rubber tires, so I print them out in rubber instead of uh, 
I don't know if you could you tell the difference between the the oh, rubber and the plastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just in rolling it across, that's that's the real reason why I, I even started it. The iron hide and uh, ratchet molds both have them, mm -hmm. uh, and those work interchangeably. So that doesn't if you buy it for one, it'll work on the other. Will they work and then, on uh, the on the uh, the new? Are they Kingdom or Earthrise? Uh, versions of the figures where they're more earth mode. Yes. Will they work on those yeah. as well? Are they transferable? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just tried it two days ago. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Because I got the, I finally got my iron hide and uh, and ratchet in, so it works on the old ones and the new ones. Um, I was working on a wheeljack kit that looked like it was going to be cool. That was a modification to make the ratchet yeah. into Cybertronian mode wheeljack, right? The problem is, is you have to have all three of the siege molds. And then swap parts, and okay. that's where it, yeah. Then it then it starts getting wishy washy. That one's kind of a I'm gonna do this for myself. But yeah, if someone I else already wants can it. predict what your sales are for that one. Um, <laughs> exactly. The problem well, actually, is the problem is it's actually it. a co totally commercially viable idea. Like, uh, uh, who wouldn't want a fucking Cybertronian mode wheeljack first character yeah. on screen? It's true. Uh, let's move on, Ryan. Why don't you whip us up a little electric dynamo? Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, this is, um, we're having a boulevardier. I think that's how you pronounce it, boulevardier. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, I've only seen the word written. Um, by the way, these glasses that we're drinking them out of were Caleb's Christmas present to me. Happy Christmas. They're so, pretty great. I don't have any cut glass, like, um, rocks glasses like this. I really like them. I always know I can't lose if I get you something that has to do with your alcohol addiction. It's true. Thank you for enabling me. You're welcome. Uh, this drink is credited to Erskine Gwynn, an American writer who bailed on the U.S. of A. when that horrible Volstad Act came in and Prohibition swept through the country for a decade. Um, I It's kind of a modified Negroni. Um, I actually prefer this to Negroni. Um... And the Negroni is with gin, and this is with bourbon is basically the difference. Okay. Did you choose this because of my now public lust for uh, Stanley Tucci? Stanley... I did not choose it for that reason. Um, this is one ounce or 30 milliliters sweet vermouth, one ounce, 30 mils of Campari, 1.5 ounces or 45 mils of bourbon, shake and strain over cracked ice. Some people like to make this up. I prefer it over the ice because uh, I like the evolution as the ice melts and it stays colder longer. So. Uh, and then I garnished with uh, an orange peel, and the the, the Campari for anyone who doesn't know is a very bitter, I like it. a very bitter aperitif, and it kind of is the star of this drink, and I I, I enjoy I it. I think it's delicious. This is a fantastic it's, cocktail. This is like something that is I'm way the, into it. The flavor, like it's refreshing, but I could drink this on a hot day, or I could drink this on a cold day. I could drink this on a day. It's like it's like, a, like an alcoholic Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I, <laughs> I could, could drink it with a fox. I could drink it in a box. <laughs> Amazing, and this is a a boulevardier. This is your take on the classic creation. This is not a jigger beaker and glass. No, nope, this is just a normal ass. For those of you who are way into the jigger beaker and glass thing, I guess fuck you. I still do them sometimes, but we've run through most yeah. of the recipes. Honestly, to, yeah. like like there are variations of each recipe. Okay. I need to find another book for him to. Maybe we could find. Maybe you could start doing some uh, some 18th century. Uh, Drinks and stuff. It would just be. I could do punch all the time. No, they they had. Pl I could do like some some uh, um, twitchel or uh, <laughs> some um, s smarf. 
Smarf. <laughs> I could just say anything. You don't know if it's real. <laughs> oh, I was like, t- I was. I thought I could have believed you there. Twitchell is real, but Smarf. <laughs> well, you got to make a Smarf. Smarf. <laughs> it's got the little white hat in it and everything. <laughs> I'll put a cap on that. Next sure. time, if you guys want me drinking as well, we have to get some mead. The only thing that I'll drink. I've told that to numerous people that always want me to drink, and then I say. Give me some mead and I'll be down. Who okay. always wants you to drink? <laughs> Everyone. So oh, when you tell someone you don't weird. drink, they immediately try to get you to drink. Oh, yeah, we won't do that. I'm either. not that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm like I'm not like a belligerent drunk. I'm just right. Like we have a we have. I don't like. Well, there's a place here that makes mead and you can drink it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that Jim Gaffigan bit where he's like, "Oh, the people find out you don't drink," and immediately like, "Oh, why? Are yeah. you? Are you? What's wrong with you?" Or it's like, um, if, if you tell people you don't like mayonnaise, why are you addicted to mayonnaise? <laughs> Once yeah. somebody says they don't drink, you are put in the uncomfortable position of, "Oh shit, did I entice an alcoholic or somebody that was abused by That's, an alcoholic?" I completely oh, yeah, disagree. I don't, <laughs> I don't have those feelings at all. It's just, it's just yeah. a preference, and then. Mm-hmm. So you guys might think that. Yeah. Not around here. There's, as I, I was not joking about the Drew Carey, everyone having a bur- microbrewery. They're every other block in Cleveland. So if you want to do a microbrewery run, you're good. They literally have like a little card that you can get. Holy where you shit. drive around to all the different microbreweries, nice. and then you get a leather jacket at the end. I thought I love it. I thought maybe you got a liver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the, around I, young. I like, but I like the, to make it just hard enough that if someone wanted me to drink, they'd have to go out and find that, and there, no one's willing to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know your true friends when they go find you. Uh, Viking alcohol. Last episode recap. I, fucking Dinobots and Cybertron. They're slaves. I liked that episode. Spike and Carly I liked it too. saved we'll them. And look, I'm not going to write fresh rhymes for that shitty episode. So oh. let's get right into a Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court, written by Douglas Booth and animated by an unknown studio. Question mark. <laughs> we open up on Broke Dick Stonehenge. <laughs> It does appear to be a Stonehenge-style structure, but fuck if I know. I don't know history or geography. Well, there are lots of like structures like this. Like Stonehenge just happens to be the most popular one. Are there lots of them throughout uh, Great Britain? Yeah, there are. The UK, if you will? Yeah, various um, prehistoric settlements, or I shouldn't say settlements. We don't know if Stonehenge was a settlement or just a... Um, place of religious observation go, have go. you guys seen uh the you know the guys the yibless that do um what does the fox say yes mm-hmm. they have a song called stonehenge and that's all i can think of ever since i <laughs> i saw that video of this it's ridiculous Just check it out. it out all right i'm sure yeah. what, how do you pronounce that band or what is that band's name it's like elvis but with a y that's right that's, Yil- right. that's right yeah 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 caleb what's Yilvis, uh you're the history guy. What's the difference yeah. between Great Britain and the United Kingdom? Oh, I can tell you that. Yes. Hook me up. <laughs> and England. Okay, so England. So England. The the United Kingdom consists of four countries. Mm-hmm. Kingdom United. Yeah. England, <laughs> Wales, like Scotland, States. and Northern Ireland. Used mm-hmm. to be Ireland. Ireland gained independence in like nineteen twenty or nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. But there's still Northern Ireland, so four countries. Mm-hmm. That's Which is really uni- weird. That is, as Alpha Magnus says, the Kingdom United. It is mm-hmm. the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Great Britain 
mm-hmm. specifically is I'm gonna I know I'm gonna get this wrong. Robinus is gonna fuck you yep. up. <laughs> so, but but it's but, it's but less it. it's less than and my without looking at Google I believe it's it's uh, England and Scotland could be England Wales and Scotland that's Great Britain. So Great Britain I could excludes be wrong. I'm one have... of the United Kingdom. It's not all of the kingdoms. Okay. England itself is England, right? Great Britain is more so. Maybe the entire that entire island, okay. And then United Kingdom is that the whole, including bringing Ireland into the gotcha. Northern Ireland. You gotta now. give it up to Let's the see English. If I'm right. I mean, they are well, they were fucking amazing colonizers back in the day. Yeah, England. They, itself, I don't know if we give it up. Yeah. They, they, they <laughs> fucking kicked ass. Well, it's interesting that a, a country that this the size of the state of Missouri mm-hmm. or less than mm-hmm. was able to have a, a, an incredible greatest little, empire on earth. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. So that's cool. Was it greater than the Roman I, empire? I, I, well, it, it depends it cool. on your definition. I like, just the, called world imperialism. Cool. It, yeah. I, I'm using, no, I mean, I'm just saying they rocked at it. They had a very impressive, they game. were excellent at subjugating lots of civilizations. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, we've got... Jesus Christ, I'm kind of bummed out now. We've got Starscream. The only thing I'll, only thing I'll add to that is, who builds a hinge anyway? <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck a hinge is. So Starscream, Rumble, Ravage, Ramjet, they're all hanging out, and unfortunately, they are out of energy, but luckily, Ramjet has the ability to do what his name implies, which is Ram. Poorly. Poorly. And, you know, I hate it when character names and abilities are so on the nose. Literally. Oh, that, 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 damn it. <laughs> that comment was on the nose. And I didn't, do we want to see Beachcomber literally sifting through the sand with a grooming utensil? Now I'm just thinking of space balls <laughs> where we they comb the shit. beach. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty stupid where Ramjet uh, drives at Warpath. Uh, and some, I wonder if this exchange will come back later. I like how they're setting up this weird rivalry between Ramjet and Warpath. Yeah. It's... I feel like it's also strange that Ravage and Rumble are here without Soundwave. That this is bizarre. Is just an odd grab bag of characters. It is. I mean, maybe Ramjet and Starscream were taking them on a field trip. <laughs> to Stonehenge. Yeah. Well, a hinge. <laughs> so, as, as we discussed, Warpath won the, the Battle of Chicken and bowled Ramjet into his comrades and scored a strike. I might add, that's 10 points plus the score of his next two balls. Oh, Jesus. The Decepticons are preparing for a retreat. Wait, what's this? Energy. Energy. <clears throat> All together. They're interacting with the Stonehenge, but Stonehenge now has a, a structure, a cave-like building, and... The, this ancient structure is radiating energy. The Autobots keep fighting the Decepticons, and they drive them into the cave, trapping them inside, and they cave in the entrance. Can I say the word cave more? <laughs> Cavern. In underground house. <laughs> I should have used a thesaurus when writing this script. But the Decepticons discover some ancient runes on the stones. Which those, runes in the ruins. Though Actually, those runes are accurate. They're... Yeah, I read that. That's interesting. Yeah. So what so, are they? Celtic or some I, bullshit? I, I think so. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. To bring they're... back to um to Spaceballs, that's literally like his luggage password. Like oh, yeah. the combination. <laughs> like, I'll do this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> like wow. Way to go, uh 
Celtic Stonehenge builders. <laughs> the, the druids there. They're, and they're druids. They're from Druidia. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yes. Everything is space balls. <laughs> These runes light up to the touch. Meanwhile, we do a quick clip of the Autobots hoist and warpath. They're working to clear the rubble to enter the cave and finish off the Decepticons. I just realized, where the, is Spike just in? He just uh, shows up. Okay. He shows up late, like uh, when they time travel, and I hate him. <laughs> I wish he were not in this episode. Well, I mean, he is definitely trying to get a side piece. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. But like, I right. hope Carly and he are not exclusive because what a dog! <laughs> <laughs> they're they're trying to open up the cave. They want to finish this battle. And I also think it's interesting. You've got how many Decepticons? Ramjet and Starscream. Starscream is arguably one of the most powerful Decepticons. Mm-hmm. And then Ravage and Rumble. That's the crew, right? Yep. And these two losers, these two, <laughs> losers. like B team, are supposed to be the, the threat that that keeps them at bay. I mean, arguably Hoist is a loser, but uh, well, I don't know. Warpath well, sorry, is pretty sorry, cool. Warpath. Sorry, Greg, I didn't mean to <laughs> categorize uh, Warpath in such a way. But... Hey, <laughs> that's not nice, Zang. Uh, so they're they're gonna enter the cave, finish off the cons, but we go back inside the cave. And we see that Starscream is greedy for a fuel up. He knocks Rumble out of the way. He's going to be the first. He's getting first rights to this energy bounty. But he fiddles with the runes. (laughs) There's a bright flash of light. And they find that the entrance to the cave is open again. And the Autobots are gone. They, They walk out of the cave. They traverse up a hillside. Little do they know they're being spied on by a young maiden who refers to them as giant iron knights coming from the dragon mound what, uh, what's going on here i've seen that movie on x videos dragon mound yeah so i was actually gonna say this is where this is where i uh reason i picked this one to be with you guys uh is that i hate this trope so much that i wanted to be able to rag on it um <laughs> it. the time so, travel to medieval lands trope i have issues with both versions um but if you look back, I, so I actually made a, a little list here of oh, shows that, that have done it. I don't know. Did you do that, Ryan? I did not. You're a list guy. So <laughs> Sonic, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. Defenders of Earth, which is a very terrible um, like amalgamation of Avengers with like the Phantom and stuff. They do it. Tiny Toon Adventures, mm-hmm. DuckTales. That's the, the big Toon one that Adventures most people Adventures is a serial type of show. I think you got to cut them some slack. Okay. <laughs> Animaniacs will cut them. Leave Steven wow. Spielberg out of this. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of the, uh, tiny tune stand. DuckTales, yeah. The one that most people know is DuckTales, and that's uh, Sir Gyro de Gearloose, mm-hmm. which, no mm-hmm. joke, is the same exact storyline as this. Did the yeah. Beagle like, Boys follow them into the, the yeah, time travel like machine? Ridiculous. Did Magicka yeah. Dispel create the... He makes the a time names. tub, which is actually used <laughs> quite often in the show. Interested in a woman there, like... It's terrible. Mm. I watched that episode just to see, and I'm like, this is the same thing. So I don't know if you have that for the writer. He probably wrote that episode, too. It's, this is probably one of those, like, the same guy wrote everything. Uh, um, yeah, who's that guy? That, Douglas uh, Booth. Douglas Booth. Well, Douglas Booth I don't think he... wrote this episode, but I don't think he's the guy. I think it's David uh, Wise, Wise who recycles the, the recycler. Yeah, I didn't. I checked out. I checked out Douglas Booth, um, uh, like his writing credits, because I was like, this seems similar to a lot of things, but I didn't see any correlation. Like, so maybe it's just mm-hmm. like in the zeitgeist of you write a medieval movie like episode. I've got uh, I got a couple other things. So the same trope is also used in A Kid in King Arthur's Court, which is the uh, the same kid that did like um, Rookie of the Year, but yeah. this time he's 
back in time. Yeah. Um, Black Knight with Martin Lawrence, which oh, oh god, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, and then most famously Army of Darkness. I yes. was gonna say, uh, yeah. are you gonna bring yeah. Bruce Campbell into this conversation? Yeah. Most famously <laughs> that th- those those are like the live action versions. There are so many more, and there's a bunch that do the reverse, where it's like. Uh, we got to make this movie. It's uh, supposed to be in this like uh, barbarian medieval times. Let's uh, hey, just time travels. If you watch right. Mannequin the Two, of the universe. I wonder if <laughs> I wonder if a lot of movies. It was. I wonder if it was easy for some movies to do because they had a readily a ready supply of medieval mm-hmm. costumings from their costuming department. It was like, let's do a medieval one. <laughs> yeah. Does Bill and Ted know. count with the mm. introduction of Joan of Arc into the modern world? So the, the tropes are get loosey goosey, and of course the um, royal babes. Yeah, but it was actually a big thing right around that time when this episode came out. Was that every, it was like I don't understand where the kick came from, but everyone started doing it to the point where this is where it gets even funnier. In the '90s, I think it was the early '90s, there was actually a show that this was the entire premise, and that's King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Oh. <laughs> they actually, they just went. They just ran. It's with terrible. That. If you watch. There's that old classic video on it. It's amazing. Okay. Um, it is literally Morgana like kidnaps King Arthur and all of them, and Merlin's too old and weak to fight him, so he literally pulls the best knights in the universe, which happened to be 1990s football players. Oh God! <laughs> Was the fridge uh, involved in this? It, they, they were. They were all just generic names, and their their team was like I think the Knights or something like that. It was terrible. Okay. Um, the show Francis after, like, Johnson. <laughs> But if you actually watch it, it's actually super good animation and, like, neat. Yeah. But, but it's based off of that, like, Flash Gordon, well, he's got to be a football player and nobody's going to care. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah. Uh, what are the kids so, like? Uh, football. That that show is also on Tubi TV if you wanted to check out some of that terrible stuff. I don't um, think I do. You're, all you're, you've sold it. Garbage that it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then to also flip, so are you familiar you're familiar with the Super Bowl shuffle? Yes. Well, I just mentioned William the Refrigerator Perry. How could I not be? Exactly. <laughs> so we're we're getting right in there. Um so then other groups decided you've seen the key and peel of the East versus West. Mm-hmm. Other groups decided to jump in and try to do their own um thing. If you've not seen the East versus West Bowl, oh, yeah, it's great. It's one oh, half yeah. Super Bowl shuffle. Okay. It's one just half, lo- like current. It's the joke is kind Great. of just they keep coming up with increasingly ludicrous oh, names. I have seen where they so it's not a yeah. dance; it's where they're introducing the football players yeah. and giving them a little bio. I have seen that. Yeah, so that's there's, great. There's East versus West one, which is in in introductory. East versus West two, and then there's the 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 rap. So there's a rap. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I haven't seen the rap then. Okay, it's beautiful. Watch it. It's on YouTube. <clears throat> anyway, during that time, they had the Super Bowl shuffle, and then uh, some other group came up with the zippity zoo. This the kicker shuffle. They all came up with their own back then. But it was, the Super Bowl a, it was a meme before memes were called memes. My happy bappy pappy yeah. dance. <laughs> so being from where I am, I got to see the the this trope mm-hmm. put into action with Masters of the Gridiron. The Cleveland Browns made a time travel dream He Man ripoff of Knights. Would they oh. use the castle that was down downtown Cleveland? I hate it. <laughs> Literally made a movie. You can see it on YouTube. It's terrible. It. What um, year was this? 80s? In the 80s. Yeah. It's right around that time. It is gross. Um, and I've been to that place. I drive past it almost every day for work. So, like, that's awesome. I see that castle all the time and I look at it and I'm just like, all I can think of is Clan Model. Because it was before the Browns were sold. So they were Clan Model. 
The Cleveland, the 1986 Cleveland Browns made one of the strangest films in NFL history is the headline that I see <laughs> coming out. out. In 1985, the Chicago Bears released the iconic Super Bowl Shuffle rap video that went on to win an NFL, and then they went on to win an NFL NFL title. The following year, the Cleveland Browns decided they wanted to try and follow suit, but opted to up the ante. The result, an amazingly bizarre 17-minute live-action short called The Masters of the Gridiron that features members of the team dressed like He-Man characters fighting ninjas, bears, bears, and an evil lord to capture an elusive ring. Holy shit. Wow. I, I have no idea. And they played it a bunch back then, like on, I think it was like Channel 8 or, or 5, one of the locals. Uh-huh. Like they played it all the time. It was like, what is this? <laughs> Sunday morning, Jeez. right before the game, they play the Masters of the Gridiron. Meanwhile, the commercial breaks are the, are the what's Jingle Jangle or what is his name? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Jingling. Mr. Jingling. Yeah. <laughs> That'll make yeah. sense if you it's listen nice... to the post-credit uh, oh, bit right. we tag on the end of this episode. Yeah. Okay, guys, Starscream and the team. I don't want to spoil anything, and they're in medieval <laughs> England. Yeah, and, but they don't know that just no. yet. They think these. This is so fucking <laughs> they stupid. See people on horseback. You know what say, horses are. They say there's robots ahead. That look like horses. <laughs> and weird looking Autobots. It, it turns out that these weird-looking things aren't Autobots at all. Rather, they're humans on horses <laughs> in I, suits of armor. I do love how Ramjet's like, oh, what shoddy worksmanship. They come apart immediately. He, smash, he, just, he how does. How that, is oh, that not murder? That is a point I had here. Like He looks like he's about to punch this knight. But then headbutts him, and I'm like, "Is that like some kind of rating system thing?" No, because then Starscream just punched some butt, some dude. <laughs> but I thought horse. maybe it was because Ram he doesn't want head. to. He, he headbutts him. Yeah, yeah. But I thought maybe it was like, well, you can't punch humans in this show. But then so Starscream... you can snap a horse's spine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that horse should not be walking. The There's no factory with you. There's no recovery for this. Yeah, horses are resilient. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I could see that horse recovering, but that headbutt, I don't know. The human, they're humans. Uh, we've got, we're going to in- be introduced to Sir Wygent of Blackthorn. And these this names, is, this is, they are on paper the worst. Yeah, it's all these weird UK pronunciations where they're cheating by using extra letters or and something. I, and I had to. I had to create phonetic I did too. of them on paper, but so it's Sir Wygen of Blackthorn. We discover the year is 543. Oh, oh, do you want to pause right there and talk about that? Yeah, I can just quickly say that uh, their their uh, their armor and everything about them is oh a few hundred years off. At least 800. Um, you you had you probably had armor. Well. I, yeah, I would say you're right, Ryan. Uh, maybe 600 years, but yeah, this is pretty sophisticated armor, and they probably weren't seeing shit like this until like the 13th, uh, until like the 13th or 14th. Century. Yeah, that's the weirdest part. They say it's the year what 543. They wouldn't have this kind of armor. They and have a lot of leather. I don't get it. I know. Okay, so I know the joke on the title is a pl- like a, 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 a Decepticon in King Arthur's Court is a play on a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which is a Mark Twain book, which is a weird joke to make that kids would never get but i don't get it as an adult well it's just a reference i don't think it's a joke but like why 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 put it in 543 i 
I want to say it's because because that is legitimately by the King Arthur legend yeah. when that would have. That's taken true. Place. That's true. You're right, but although mm. nobody knows when necessarily it took place, but yes, definitely before like the 10th century. I think that's what's happening. They like were referencing Arthur, but then they went ahead and just like yeah, I, like, I mean it, we're gonna put him in we're gonna put him in armor just like everybody else does. It makes by sense. that standard is Monty Python and the Holy Grail also off? Yeah, or- but they. Monty Python doesn't give a fuck. So we're going to give Transformers a higher bar to cross than Yeah, I mean, of course we are. Python yes, crew. we are. But also the movie Excalibur did, did the same thing. Did you get arrested at the end by current police at the time? Yeah. I don't think we... <laughs> so I guess my question really becomes, there's no Arthurian lore in here. Why even make it that ba- thing? Yeah, barely. They don't. Yeah, the wizard's not even Merlin. He's wizard? just a local crackpot. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. Although the weird I'm part, <laughs> there are like three references to Camelot because she talks about it in yeah. just a second. They're basically a suburb. Yeah, a yeah. suburb of Camelot. But the weird, and also her name is Nimue, which is the name of the Lady of the right. Lake. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting all over the place. But yeah. like, I just like, why make it Arthurian? Like, don't, why just not? I think that there's probably a a pop culture. Yeah, exactly. It's a pop culture. But then, but just why not lean into it and actually bring King Arthur and and Merlin into it? Nobody owns the trademark on this character. It's definitely expired. (laughs) Why did did we have to make it tangential to to those famous characters that people might actually care about? It's a strange, nebulous middle ground (laughs) that doesn't make any sense. I, I thought of a good name for their suburb. It'd be Camel Little. <laughs> That's pretty I good. I can't believe I'm laughing at this. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. This is Blackthorn, mm, Sir Wygent of Blackthorn, and isn't it? It's like pronounced like wagon. Well, yeah, it's. A, I I don't know how. I feel. Like I wrote him down as wagon every time. I feel like I they pronounce it a couple different ways. There's no English accents either. They don't. Oh, I didn't even do, notice that. They don't even try to do it. The only one with an accent. English accent is Starscream. <laughs> So, He's so fucking so pretentious. I'm going to get a little nerdy here. Yeah. Supposedly, back in the day, English people sounded like us until one of the kings decided that he wanted to have a sexy language like the uh, French and the Spanish, mm-hmm. and he just changed to how their stuff spelled phonetically. Interesting. Yeah. If, it, it is so inter- actually might even be better that this. So, like, Shakespearean stuff should have actually been performed like us. With nice. a Brooklyn I mean, accent? Not like- a not a boy. Hey, but... is this a fu- hey. <laughs> Behold yeah, the, the sun. It's a lovely two-hour dissertation it's like... on, on why uh, why Americans do better Shakespeare. Huh. It's really funny. It is interesting that like if you and I, I've listened to an actor do like all the different uh, vo- like accents from the UK in the different regions. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But it is like the southern accent and the British accent are very close. In it hmm. to, like in modern day or back then? No, now. Like they're just a, it's like a sideways version of each other. So I was thinking the northeastern waspy accent was the closest to British, like Fraser Crane. Hmm. Kind of, but even though he lives in Seattle, but I think he can't. I mean, he was living in Boston. It, it is also funny yeah, that in the fifty forties and fifties they completely invented an accent called the Mid Atlantic accent, where it's Catherine Hepburn who talks like this. This is not an accent that anyone has, but it was like supposed to be like a mm, amalgamation of like British and American. It's called pompous. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. So five forty three guys. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. Blackthorn. His men. They're enemies of a of another character we have yet to meet. 
called Sir Aethling the Red. And for some reason, the Decepticons find that it suits their interest to team up with these humans against their medieval foe. And we see our meddlesome damsel once again. And she'll reveal to us that she is actually Aethling the Red's daughter. And she's got to warn him about this union of the damned. But fuck, she trips on a twig. Yes. Which alerts the antagonists to their pre- her presence, and the knights and Ravage, they're going to give chase. She escapes the human trackers by wading into some thorny shrubbery. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to stop Ravage. I do, no. I do like the Rav- like Ravage going after her. That was fun. I like seeing Ravage do stuff. <laughs> I, I think my favorite thing about this entire episode is how quick Starscream is to be like, We in the past, boys! Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like In every other show that you have this, it seriously takes the heroes 10 to 20 minutes to figure it out. And Starscream's just like, oh, something ain't right here. Starscream he is... just immediately flips it. Yeah. It doesn't work out, but like Starscream is pretty capable in this episode, actually. And he, like, we'll see in a little bit, but he, there's a lot of him using his scientific knowledge. Yes. The whole impetus of this episode is he doesn't want to return to the present no. day right. because he thinks this is his opportunity to be a leader. But he, I mean, he's got the worst random crew. <laughs> but I bad. guess anybody yeah. more competent than these assholes would probably challenge I, him. I, 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 I think Rumble would be perfect in a siege. Yeah. Yeah. Knock down them walls. Knock down them walls. Hell yeah. Boom, boom, Roll him over the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and then knock it down from inside. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad it was Rumble and not Frenzy. You know, if they like wanted a- to make more of a B team, they should have thrown Frenzy in this. It's true. It is weird that Rumble never uses his abilities in this episode. He should. It should have been Frenzy, Buzzsaw. <laughs> I'm fine with Ramjet. Nobody knows who that fucking loser is. And like Reflector. <laughs> one of them. Yeah. But not the one with the visor on his chest. <laughs> Just a reflect. So she escapes the uh she by the way she's, she's not named yet, but that is her name. She escapes the humans. Ravage busts his way into the the, the brambly the, the Briar here. Patch. Oh, please don't bring Briar Patch into this. That's racist. She is Song of the South baby <laughs> break out of that bush and just in time and she bumps right at it. Spike? Ugh, this motherfucker. And Ravage makes his attack, but he is smashed by Warpath uh, (laughs) and Hoist as they enter this land from the past. Why? We had mentioned it before. Spike wasn't there before, right? Yeah. This is the first time we've seen him. Yeah. Yeah. He just shows up out of random, (laughs) and then immediately it's like, we're in love. (laughs) Oh, Spike is very thirsty. (laughs) Like, just to run into somebody and be like, hey, you're not a robot. I mean, they're teenagers. Well, let's do this. Well, you don't know how old she is. Yeah, I mean, and it's, his teeth are probably better than anyone she's ever seen at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her reaction to things actually makes a lot of sense in this episode, which will he's skipping way ahead. But, like, the, the romantic interests <laughs> at this time were more of, like, convenience uh, or, like, business transactions. All right. Well, I think we've covered that Spike is horny. Yeah, again, like I, I hope. Uh, Hot to trot. I'm, I hope that he and Carly are just keeping it cash because he is in. I'm trying to think of a similar time in my life in high school. I don't know. My options weren't that diversified. So. Uh... Oh, you were a notorious poon hound. <laughs> first off, <laughs> first off, if it's in a different area code, it doesn't count. Yeah. It's in a different like time. Yeah, period. I was about to say. If, yeah. If you're if you've traveled, if I'd say. 
time travel kind of. That's true. I think it's okay. I'm going to tell your wife. Unless he becomes his own great, 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 great grandpa. I can just imagine my wife being mad at me, being like, oh, yeah, well, you you better not time travel, you know, or, you know, something. You time travel hall pass. Yeah. We see Warpath transform. He's very, very heroic. And they smash Ravage. Spike and the princess don't smash yet, but they, they or they're down. They're down to help this fair princess and her father fight off the Decepticons and save this Camelotion suburb. Camelotion. <laughs> we- well, this is interesting because they put Spike in armor. Like, but how are you paying these people? Like, they're just giving you armor for no reason. Yeah. Well, this is the feudal system. Everybody is working at the behest of the Lord. I guess so. I do like that we found out here why all this is going down. Um, Sir Aethling, or I can't remember, how, I didn't write down how to pronounce it, and Sir Wagon of Blackthorn. The whole thing comes down to a neighborhood dispute. Yep. It's pretty silly. Yeah. I mean, I, it honestly makes, I liked this component. I thought it made a lot of sense, and I thought it was a great addition. Basically, okay, so Sir Aisling the Red is holding Sir Wagon of Blackthorn's cows hostage yes. <laughs> because they were grazing on his land, and he won't return them until um, Wagon repairs the fence, yeah. to which Wagon is like, fuck you, you're on my land anyway, I own all this shit, let's go to war. I'm glee. The the red guy has the resources to just repair the fence. He's just being an asshole about it. It was incidental. Yeah, maybe technically uh, I, I the think... other guy owes him some something uh, in this situation, but he's just being an asshole for the sake of the uh, asshole. I got your cows, motherfucker. I don't think so. I think the implication is they were grazing on his land. No, I get that. Well, that's it's, fucked up. I think it's just I, like maybe you should just be on good terms with your neighbors and not let a thing like maybe uh, you should fix your goddamn fence so my your cows aren't eating all my grass. Well, maybe it's his fault that the fence is in disrepair. What red? The, the fence is the is Sir Wagons. Yeah. To me, this but it, that doesn't have anything to do with this guy. This, well, why isn't it his fence? I'm sorry. How do you? It's know not his fence because otherwise, if it were his fence, then he wouldn't have a point. <laughs> but no, he, yeah. he does that. He is saying that fix my fence. I don't think so. It, it sounds like the tip of the iceberg. I, it seems to me that there's been more going on over the years. Yeah, th- these are these are feuding neighbors. Yeah. Um, and, and, one of the guys parked in his parking spot. Yes. And yeah. add to, he took his mail, didn't yes, return it for a week. Exactly, and add sexual relate. frustration to the it's mix. Ju- it's more, you need more to jerk this. off. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> Blackthorn has been plotting to romanticize no. Red's daughter. No, this whole time we know that they, he has. No. Where did that happen? Yeah, well, I don't remember. Skipping ahead, but he implies that the treasure that Starscream has is treasure that he was going to offer up as some kind of dowry. A, a dowry. Yeah, but it, not to her specifically. It's just his family's yeah, fortune. Yeah, no, I think it implies that it was always for her. I think you're completely it, wrong. So, the, the whole implication of the episode is he's always had a thing for her. I don't think that's evident at they all. They don't just fall in love random. I mean, she falls in love randomly because you're right she is a teenager right here let's go to <laughs> let's go to alpha magnus what do you yeah. think so as i was saying before he's called the red because he wears red right so that's like a super like he's being kind of flamboyant back then for yes. um for, <laughs> for like a king first off and he doesn't have red hair so so yeah. whenever you see the red in anything it's always because they have red hair mm. always okay. not because they're dressed like 
Ronald McDonald over here. Right. Yeah, why are you locking um, yourself in fashion wise? That seems problematic. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like he's making the choice. You'll never see that dude in blue, <laughs> unless he's in like his Garth Brooks, uh, Chris Gaines, yes, like life. Yes, yes. They were the same person. Uh, <laughs> do you? That none of that ever occurred to me. Like him being blonde didn't even register. Spike is off in the corner trying on a suit of armor, uh, uh, probably, again, from a historical perspective, an, an inappropriate suit of armor. Anachronism. But, think, but we can forgive that Hoist makes him a suit of armor. I, did, I really liked the when, when Hoist scans Spike. That part was really cool. I thought it was very visual. It, it was a lot like the, uh, the Megatron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it made me think of, too, whenever he becomes Galvatron in the movie. And this is where we learn that there is a tournament tomorrow. The impetus for the tournament is that the Red is hoping to tranquilly settle the tiff that he has with the Black. I don't remember their names, at least. I'm not <laughs> going to look back. Sir Wagon. Black and Red. Yeah. It's that easy. But Spike is ready to compete, and the deal is sealed with a smooch. From the princess. However, the Autobots are running low on energy. They want they make that point as well at this time. You know, for being a medieval king, it's just now striking me that he really doesn't care what his daughter's up. To. First of all, I don't think he's a king. You're right. He's a he's, a, he's just like, a lord. I, if Sir is his title, does that mean he's a knight a that knight. served well he's, and he's been granted land? I a, think so. He's a noble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Did anyone else, when, when they do this reveal, was anyone else disappointed that he like didn't look like Optimus or something? Oh. And it was just regular night armor? That's funny. That, that would have been, been pretty good. cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> wouldn't their grievance, the, the red and the black's grievance, wouldn't they just take it up with King Arthur? Make or the a judgment? next lord up, yeah. Maybe they did. Probably. Maybe they did, and he was like, nah. I don't a, give a fuck. A, <laughs> you guys fight it out. He's like, he's like. to chop all of the cows in half. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure at this point he was like, "Ah, these assholes again." Yeah, have it. Why don't you have a tournament? Like, he split Robin's arrow in twine. twine. Yeah. Wait a minute, Robin split the arrow. I don't know. Fine. But I want which half? Like they can't cut it in half, like front and back, to make it equal. They have to like somehow split it down the like down the middle. I ain't like, giving up that tenderloin. Like literally, <laughs> like the movie it. The Cell with that horse. Yes. <laughs> What's that, Branson? I don't know if it, I think it's a traveling uh, exhibit where they oh. cut the human body into yeah, it's the not body a exhibit. exhibit. It's uh, I forget the name of the guy. He's a German guy, and they would okay. he would preserve these people in a resin, and then he right. would he would cut them up, and you like, could see like inside deli them. slice thin cuts. Of human I believe cuts. Yeah. Yeah. delicious. Human I believe cuts. I believe those bodies are uh, Chinese political prisoners. <laughs> oh. I, I'm not kidding. Is there God. a political statement they're make? He's making. No, he's just like an easy way just, to get that's bodies. Just cheap corpses. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. That's troubling. All right, we. Tra- <laughs> it's tournament day, <laughs> y'all. Happy day. <laughs> Warpath is giving Sir Spike a jousting lesson. Why would Spike just step up to want to do these potentially death-inducing medieval games? Pussy. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get that ass. Yeah. Men do a bunch of fucked up shit for, women, for like, attention of women. Jousting is not something you can just pick up and run <laughs> with. And, it is pretty hard. And, and that's. I'm glad that, actually, the one thing I, I like about this episode is that he does not win this yeah. jousting duel uh have you ever seen the movie and i think it's a knight's tale with uh heath ledger the it one sounds familiar i don't it, think it's, it's like fortunately i have seen that movie. oh i really liked it <laughs> I... it's 
It's well, so this is the thing. It has it's like a musical. Yeah. But not. It's weird. It's just, it's just one of those ones that's like they did ABCs, and I'd rather they did XYZs on that. It is strange in that it's one of those movies, sort of like the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. where they have modern music in it. But I think it works because also the movie's very tongue in cheek. Like it's not a serious movie. I I I watched it for the first time like last year, and I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, during the jousting scene, they do uh, "We Will Rock You," mm-hmm. and like everyone's boom boom. It it. it it's it was in that era. It's very um, Moulin Rouge-ish. What what's that director's name? Boz. Boz uh, Lerman. Skaggs. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna go there. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> anyway, I didn't just brought it up because it was jousting. <laughs> we have our princess. She again. It's basically. I think she just is really happy about anybody who seems available to her. I, I think it's like that. You know how whenever you're in high, like junior high, and a new person shows up. Like in in class, like seventh grade, they've haven't been here before. You've seen all these fuckers since elementary school. Right. Oh, they're new and different. Right. I love that shield. That shield is awesome. With the Autobot symbol. I might make that. Uh, I was gonna pitch that to you, but I'm glad I didn't <laughs> because if I did, you wouldn't make it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Red and black meet up to try and strike a bargain. But the fact of the matter is, is there is no bargain to be made. They will do battle and the winner will take claim for the entire countryside. Again, I don't think that's a deal that you can make without the king signing off. I don't know. At this time, there really aren't laws. Well, (laughs) there are laws. But like they're not. But basically, it's all might makes right. No, well, no, yeah, there is an it's ultimate a good, authority. Though. It's a good thing things have changed. <laughs> well, that's true. Now, well, now it's like <laughs> huge corporations make right. But, I mean, I think that you could take over somebody's land if you had the power, and I don't think anybody would care. I Slaughter's still, rights, baby. I still think that the king would step in if, for whatever reason, he wanted Red to maintain dominion over this land then he would be like no fuck this this isn't happening i guess he could overturn it he could overturn it and he would send but this this seems like all right i thought you would love this caleb (laughs) (laughs) it is not the uh the NES game he likes. No. Not a... oh, yeah. This is no romance. If this was feudal games. China, you'd yeah. be all in. I would. Yes, I would. <laughs> anyway, the human leaders, they're going to do battle, but it actually won't be the human leaders because Blackthorn's champions are actually Sir Rumble and Sir Ramjet. They have a Decepticon shield. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which I guess they made at some point. They, he introduces them as his, his champion. champions, but immediately they just jump into it as if they're actually going to mow over the the red. Yeah, what are they aiming for? What are they doing? It doesn't matter. To even the odds, Warpath steps up, transforms, offers himself up as Sir Aedling's steed. I thought this was kind of cool. I liked seeing him on, on Warpath. That was neat. It was fun. It was a fun exchange. And history repeats itself as Warpath again smashes Ramjet's nose cone. Victory. Oh, we passed it, actually, but uh, there was a, uh, a frame back at, like, 8.07, I think, where it shows the audience, and there is um, a man wearing essentially the same outfit as Hank the Ranger from the Marvel Sunbow Dungeons & Dragons. 
Yep, there it is right there. And then next to him is a a boy with a shield and a girl with a, a, a like hood and scarf. And they don't look like Eric the Cavalier or Sheila the Thief, but these are necessarily, but it seems very implied. Like, it's just really an interesting that Easter these are egg. character references from the Dungeons & Dragons television show. Yeah. There's no little weird unicorn? There's no uni's not there. Um, the barbarian's not there. The dungeon um, master's not here. It's true. Uh, also, another connection. Um, Peter Cullen did the voice of Venger in that in that series. That is the bad guy. Yep, the main bad guy. Are they both Sunbow Productions? Yes, yeah, Sunbow and Marvel okay. Productions. This had to be intentional. Yeah, this I looks, guess this looks like the asshole guy. Yeah, the asshole guy. I can't remember his name. Is Eric he a Ranger. Eric the Cavalier. Oh, Cavalier. Cavalier. They would be an asshole. It's pronounced Cavalier. <laughs> There's a new asshole in town. We got the red. He's on top of Warpath. Question on this. They just watched a jousting match where he gets hit and falls off. Yeah. So what do they see from it? This is a ramming match. It's true. Where the two the two horses are supposed to run into each other. <laughs> right. That is the, the metaphor <laughs> and literally what happens. <laughs> Yeah, we get this call back from the beginning. Starscream is just now discovering that the Autobots exist in this universe. Yep. And he's very angry about it. And despite the fact that Warpath fucks up Ramjet, uh, Ramjet Starscream is, he's not having it. And he kidnaps the princess to render the kingdom or she's going to disappear. And we go to commercial. <laughs> I do like how she's like, father, you triumphed. Not like that douchebag Spike who I hitched my wagon to. <laughs> Whoa. I do like how he throws her in the that's, air and he transforms. That's a bit of ragdoll in there. Yeah. <laughs> just got her backs broken. Commercial. He doesn't have the energy mm-hmm. to fly, so right. he just drives right. away. <laughs> so we go to commercial. Guys, how do you feel about this episode so far? It's I'm, fine. I like it. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's a fun. It's a it's a fun one to talk about. Like I, I the, the, some some episodes you know are bad, but for the purposes of our show, they're mm-hmm. good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what I, what I like about it is they just lose themselves. Nobody's thinking we got to get back. No. <laughs> they don't even like, know how oh, to get back. I mean, we're if, here now. So if, I guess we're we're knights. It's it's a it's a popular fantasy like go back, going back in time right. and like and existing in that time with the modern knowledge and mm-hmm. ruling the fucking world. That all makes... that I would be doing is trying to find oranges. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Lemons and oranges. Yes. Where's the citrus, citrus bitches? I, I must, yeah. You just have you'd have to start heading south. Citrus bitches is my favorite um, <laughs> punk girl band. I like it. And it just hit me that when Spike and Hoist and Warpath got into the the runic cave, mm-hmm. that they managed to touch the exact same sequence of runes. Maybe the portal was still open when they got in there. That was my yeah. But is the entrance and exit not the same? Eh, you know what? I'm not going to overthink that part. I'm not going to overthink that part. It wor- right. it, whatever happened, it worked. The team is chasing down Starscream, who, like the rest of the Transformers, is suffering from low energy. And he can't even fly, but the Decepticons still manage to get away. I'm sorry, but your princess is in another castle. <laughs> Good reference. Uh, this is also where we see that uh, Hoist and Warpath can't stay transformed, which so that presumably 
uh, staying transformed takes more energy than being in robot mode. Which is weird. It's not, I don't think. I think it yeah. makes complete sense because Why? as we'll lo- as we learned in the episode we have not recorded yet, transformation is a later evolution. Like it's af- like they transformation is something that was developed later in their civilization. I could see how transformation itself, the act of transforming, takes energy. But why would just being in that mode take more energy than being in robot? I don't know. It's like, you know, how... um... And uh, to break in there, remember what I said about liking Beast Machines? That gets explained in that series. So we only have to wait 25 years. Only have to wait 20-some years to figure that out. And to top it all off, Beast Machines is G1 canon. Oh, it's true. I can't Whether wait. Whether they like it or not, <laughs> it's your cannon. Truck, not monkey. My oh, cannon God. and still your cannon. <laughs> Flying overhead. <laughs> we Solomon. see an owl, Archimedes. I mean, Solomon. Yeah. He's spying on the action from above, and he reports the goings on that he sees to Stanley Tucci in full wizard regalia. I love it. I think you're the only one of us who have seen that movie. What movie is that? I've watched it once. Real quick, who, which one of you mentioned the movie Excalibur earlier? I did. Oh God, it's my one of my. It's I don't. I know it's some parts are silly. I love that movie. I do. I don't think I've actually it's, ever seen it. It's straight up disturbing at parts because yes. like there'd be raping going on. Yeah, it's it's a very strange, <laughs> they be raping y'all. It's it's a strange. There's a there's a. I don't know. I like that movie. Everyone okay. should go watch it. All right. You have your homework assignment, yeah. APDC crew. It's got a very. It's got a. It's, Watch Excalibur and mm-hmm. Masters of the Gridiron. It's got Patrick Stewart in it. There you oh, go. All right. There you go. You guys remember that movie Dragonheart? Yes. The one with Sean Connery That's as a true. dragon. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I go. am the last one. <laughs> go watch that while you're at it. Dennis assholes. Quaid. <laughs> thanks for piling. Thanks for piling that on there on top of what I told people to do. Crawl. I just like to crawl. Crawl is an awesome movie. I love Crawl. Hey, hey, y'all ever seen oh, Red Sonia? How about how about Lady Hawk? I haven't seen that one. Where Michelle Pfeiffer's a hawk. Oh, I love Beastmaster. Beastmaster. It. It's it's a thing. You gotta watch Beastmaster Beast. Two. Yes. Portal through time. Yes. He comes to the the future. Yep. Oh, man. we did it. <laughs> we wrapped it around. There we go. All right. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Stanley Tucci is prepared to unleash the dragons to rescue the princess Nimue. I think this is actually the first time we hear her name pronounced. Maybe. I don't know. And again, I must stress that the the spelling of these names is very irritating. Yeah, I had to write it down, Yeah, like you said, phonetically. Nimue. N-I-M-U-E. There is a nice little attempt at a background animation I, at this point. Counterpoint, do not think it's a nice attempt. I think it looks like <laughs> garbage. <laughs> the princess is stashed away in Sir Wyjin's castle. Wyjin doesn't necessarily seem on board with Starscream's tactics, but Starscream, of course, doesn't give a fuck. This will soon be his world. They continue to play up the fact that everybody's low on energy because Starscream falls on <laughs> I his I love tuchus. how he pops up <laughs> onto the castle. Hey, guys! <laughs> like he's in a pool. <laughs> like <laughs> and he just dives. I like that in the pool reference. And he just dives back into the water. Because he's low on energy. And this is where, what's his fuck? I don't even know his name. 
Oh, this is Sir Wolf. Yeah, Sir Wolf. Sir Gold of Carry. One of uh, one of Wygen's lackeys shows up on the screen here and delivers a case of gold. I would have to think Wygen has more gold than this. One would hope, one just... but like, um, it is weird. Also, I don't really understand why they went with gold, like because. Starscream uses it to he spins it into wire basically like Rumpelstiltskin and um he he's going to use it for an electric dynamo but like gold is not really that great for doing that why not make it copper is copper indigenous to this region yeah i mean the copper age like was before the iron age which we currently are in uh, maybe kids just understand gold as a thing yeah it's just really con- yeah it just was weird to me and while copper is a more the lowest common denominator copper and silver for that matter are better conductors Gold connections will actually outlast them both because it doesn't tarnish goldfacts.com. <laughs> it's you, it's true. You're right. It's just there's not a lot of it. That's why it's never been used like that's that. Why you got, that's why you got to buy them gold monster cables. <laughs> that, But also it is weird that he just smashes it in his hand and it squeezes <laughs> out like a... Play-Doh fun factory of gold spaghetti. Or like Superman 2. Or is that 3? That's 3. Superman 3, where he crushes the coal into a diamond for Lois. I'm sorry, my head just went to a place where, like, when you step on dog shit and it squishes in between your toes and you hate that. In between your toes? Why are you walking barefoot outside? I don't like to put on shoes. Disgusting. <laughs> this is all in the service of a, a, an invention of Starscream's called the Electric Dynamo. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just, a, just an electric generator. It's pretty cool. I liked this. I love that he built a generator. I mean, and then it's used. You can do. Guess who? Guess how it's powered? People, slaves. slaves. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it, uh, but he doesn't call them that. No, they might not be slaves, just serfs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I, the power any, of feudal. Anyone, so. yeah, anyone that wasn't a noble back in the day was a slave, <laughs> more or less. I mean, <laughs> work the land, kinda, yeah. So, so to break that, that's actually what I named um, that three D printer. Slave. 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 <laughs> nice. <one>. nice. <laughs> For all the problems that, that there are with capitalism, it did get us out of feudalism. Oh. <laughs> the Nazis had some really good economic policies. That is not <laughs> analogous to what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't like Fox News, Aaron. <laughs> this is not Fox News, Aaron. <laughs> the serfs are powering it through rotating. Uh, um, it's like it's like a mill, but for electricity. Yeah. It's yeah. basically just a spinning thing that that creates the electric current. Gotcha. Starscream stands in that flow of electricity for and, a while and uh, <laughs> you know charges up. Yep. I feel pretty like cool. It, it's a very Tesla esque sort of thing. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you want. You dumbass. No, no, you don't no, know no. about electricity. <laughs> You've never understood electricity at all. Actually, I did not do well in the science class where we talked about electrical circuitry. I still don't uh, necessarily know the difference between a volt and an AC and a DC and all that shit. I, well, I could talk about the AC-DC wars for a while, and that's real. <laughs> Tesla and Edison. It doesn't matter. I, uh, I've i soldered some things. There are cool things you can buy at some of those sort of sharper image 
gift sky mall where you have a pen and you can just draw circuits <laughs> i have that actually work oh, that's cool. <laughs> I have that. does it work pretty well yeah it's okay it <laughs> doesn't work as well if you want to not solder things it works great if you want something to work it's not so good back <laughs> at red's castle spike is feeling bad for allowing the princess to be captured he rides away from the castle to save the day after a and the, the autobots are like go whatever yeah <laughs> go They're, do your shit uh, this whole scene is very lackadaisical. It's, it really is like, man, I hope he dies. I'm just chilling here with Hoist. I think he needs something. I don't know. There's is that, no is that your warpath? Because it sounded like Grover. <laughs> so, yeah, Spike rides away. Meanwhile, Starscream is finished charging. But instead of letting his fellow Decepticons charge up, he sends them out for sulfur and potassium nitrate and a bird shits on his head this is another bit i liked because spoiler they're making gunpowder but i love again that starscream is using his scientific knowledge to create weapons basically you're gonna go collect some seagull shit yeah by the bucket <laughs> where and how would you just gather that the coast at the sea but I mean, you would what scrape it off the yes. rocks? Yeah. yeah. No, okay. you get you get to squeeze them like like the milk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, uh, bat poop would also work, but uh, I guess they don't have that like a cave nearby because like Fantastic Caverns uh, during the Civil War, which is a, a ride through America's only ride through cave that we have here in the Ozarks, um, it was used during the Civil War to harvest uh, bat guano to make gunpowder. Sir Wygen approaches Nimaway in her keep. This isn't what he wanted, but she doesn't want to hear it. it. It's been a bad fucking day for her. She attacks him, and they start wrestling on the hay. Ugh. Rage turns to lust as Nimaway and Wyjin have hardcore sex right there in okay. the hay what? on the floor. Wait, I didn't see it's that. A, it's a <laughs> snuggle struggle. <laughs> this, is a, like, this is some fan fiction you made. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen, but what does is, Spike, wait a minute, if she is a teenager, he's definitely a full-grown man, right? Well, I thought that too, which he probably, I mean, if we go with medieval shit, he's probably 40, Yeah, and she's like 12, but um, he, th her father, the Red, does call him a, ho a young hothead early okay. on, so, so theoretically he's maybe in his 20s. Okay, <laughs> all right. Doesn't I, everybody then die at like 30? Yeah, yeah, he... He was an old man at this point. Okay. Spike is uh, hilariously continuing to bungle his rescue. He's climbing the tower, but oh he my falls God. from it into the moat below. Yeah, it's a good thing also Hoist built him breakaway armor, because he yeah. definitely would have drowned in he real armor. He shakes it off <laughs> and, and swims up to the top. And the drawbridge comes down. Here comes Rumble, covered in not only seagull shit, but seagulls. seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we should say that Spike made it up Wyjin's tower. He discovered that he'd been royally cuckolded. Uh, the princess has chosen to ride off with the man in black. Mm. It was the yellow The yellow boots is what put her off. Rumble crossed the bridge. He's got a bunch of bird shit. It's weird how the birds just like him now in a Mary Poppins kind like of it. way. I like that. <laughs> He's got a whole bucket of pigeon poop along with the sulfur and charcoal. That's going to make for an explosive concoction. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Aveling's men are preparing to siege Wyjin's castle. Mm. 
Uh, Spike also makes it up again without his yeah. armor, and then is like, "That's when he gets." That's when Nimue and the the Blackthorn are like, "We're getting hitched, y'all." Yeah. So yeah, there's this there the the red and his army with siege towers are are well sieging the castle. Have fun storming the castle, but Starscream is ready. He's got kegs of gunpowder, and they're hurling it on Red's armor. He's uh, army. He's destroying their cavalry, their artillery. The Autobots are filling in where possible, but between their lack of firepower and overall energy, it's a tough battle. Some pretty accurate, like, uh, catapults they have there. Like, they're drawn really well. You could assume that maybe Starscream's science is helping... No, they probably had catapults. They should have the tactically more efficient trebuchet. Ah, the trebuchet. (laughs) And then Hoist does an Iron Giant from Ready Player One as a bridge where everybody walks over him. Wygent's lackey, Sir Wolf, a.k.a. the only person who has any sort of English accent, has formally turned coat to Starscream's team, throwing Wygent into the moat. He starts to attack Spike, but he gets brained in the skull by Princess Nimue. This this reminded me a lot of the um, Junkion scene in the movie. Ah, yeah. Where, like, Daniel just, like, clocks. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Gar, yeah, yeah. I did like that... Stupid. I did like that she knocked the guy out, and Spike is in... This episode just completely incompetent in every way. <laughs> Can't do anything. Also, I like, I really like the Pepto Warriors that that attack yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah, they're some, Prince of Bismuth. <laughs> I guess they're red like faded, that. maybe in the wash. <laughs> Who washed their red shirt with all of our uniforms? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one guy with a red. Shirt. That's right. It's obvious. It's obvious. That's funny. Is this whole episode an advertisement for Tide? Or Temper whatever, color cheer? One of those, yeah, color saving detergents. Uh, <laughs> Ramjet, Warpath, they face off, but Warpath, he's drained. And it, they make a big deal out of the fact that they don't have projectiles, but he fires one from he his does. chest. Spike is. Working. Well, he says they don't have lasers. Yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, <laughs> Spike is working to restrain Sir Wolf, but Ravage is charging them. Spike, look out! Commercial. Look out for Ravage the commercial. Ravage also has two missiles on his legs. It's true. Well, he doesn't have the energy to fire them. <laughs> Just hit it with a hammer. Before Spike can be mauled by Ravage, the owl, Solomon, appears and runs Ravage off. I don't know yeah, how this weird. Works. I mean, owls are scary, but like they are <laughs> fucked up. I, Caleb, do you remember when we were in St. Louis and I think we went to the uh, it wasn't a Cardinals game? It was a Fourth of July thing, and we were walking around in the streets of downtown St. Louis. Yeah. We saw a big group of people, and I thought a fight was happening. We went to go investigate, and it was just this giant fucking owl that was injured and on the streets, screeching at everybody. I have forgotten about that. It was freaky. Oh, that's it was sad. One of the cra- ever, it is sad. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. It, you ever see what an owl looks like? Like, just its bones? No. <laughs> that's freaky. Oh, interesting. What an yeah. ominous statement. It does statement. not look like an owl skeleton at all. <laughs> this oh, owl was huge. I want to. I feel like it was two uh, and a half feet it, tall. That's, that, well, uh, that's huge, but I don't know. I I don't remember it. So no, I, I, I can all I can guess is that in true St. Louis fashion, they tried to give it some Budweiser beer <laughs> to get it back to re- recover it, and yeah. probably took it out drinking later that night. 
Oh, man, the owl is a party. Bird. I like how we're just glossing over the casual drop that Alpha Magnus may or may not have a bunch of owl skeletons in his possession. <laughs> Alpha Magnus. That's pretty good. Ooh, you just came up with the uh, the Beast Wars version. <laughs> hey, the Autobots, they're in a tough spot here. The wizard Stanley Tucci appears on the scene and collaborates with Sirs Wygent and Aidling to help the Autobot Knights get some energy. I do kind of love this, where he conjures up a storm with magic to recharge the Autobots. I thought that was cool. Okay, and that picture of him, like, with the owl, looks mm-hmm. badass and completely out of... Like, that, has, that owl did not look that cool two seconds ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's, he know, he's posing for the camera. Yeah. Bat owl. I just noticed he has a headband that says owl themed. The, the wizard. It seems yeah. to kind of match the owl's yeah. look. Mm-hmm. Sure. It also looks a lot like the Maximals insignia. They make this whole science magic There is that thing. thing that's... But how did he make this lightning happen if not magic? Yeah, it is magic because he calls on a god. Yeah. And he actually comments in this episode that magic is better than science. Yeah, he says he doesn't know what science is. (laughs) Right. But as we all know, science is just magic. We understand. Let's shout out to um, uh, All Gas, No Breaks, Florida Man. So the wizard summons lightning, which he is able to harness and direct towards Warpath and Hoist, thus charging them up, but not enough to use their weapons to fire on the Decepticons, but at least enough to let them get a little scrappy. Yeah. You get some back to the future action there. Yeah. yeah. Made, I don't know why I made this note. I'd call it the Tucci touch. <laughs> I don't either. We're all about this. What the fuck? Tucci, <laughs> <laughs> You're a Tucci stan, aren't you? There's the magic works. They've got energy. The, they being the Autobots, they smash through the castle walls and they destroy Starscream's electric dynamo. Which looks completely different now. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? It's now a wagon for some reason. <laughs> they even nicely managed to kind of swing it into Starscream. Listen, this this it's over, guys. Wygend... <laughs> He makes the marital lockdown official using gold wire from the dynamo to fashion a makeshift ring. Better mm-hmm. luck next time, Spike. It's a, it's a, enjoy my squished, my squished gold ring. <laughs> <laughs> and the Decepticons are all busted. The Autobots will take them with them if they can return to their own time. Oh man! And how this is where we learn that this dra- is so Dragon's fucked. Mound is the home of a real dragon. <laughs> Who was not here earlier because he was visiting relatives. relatives. That's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a st- extremely strange 11th hour edition we don't need at all. Yeah. But, like, yeah, so it's called the Dragon Mound because Kmart Merlin invented it for time travel, but then a dragon took up residence and nobody saw it earlier because, like you said, Aaron, he was out visiting relatives, yeah. question mark, but he's back now. And the only reason for this inclusion is, I guess, to pad out the episode, but also to make a joke about how the wizard has Dragon's Bane, which is gunpowder. We're at the 20-minute mark, so this episode yeah. does not need padding out. <laughs> it's so strange. But you're right. I feel like the point they're trying to make is that the wizard is actually using science yeah. because he's primitive. Magic is science. It's all, it's all real. It could all really happen. Mm-hmm. Again, doesn't explain the thunder and lightning control and and the existence of a dragon, well, which that, is a magical creature. That's why I looked up Douglas Booth specifically to see if he wrote on Dungeons and Dragons, and he did not because this just feels like a Dungeons and Dragons episode. 
I don't. You probably. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I love it. I remember sort yeah, of they, liking it. Don't they time travel through like a roller coaster? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't know if it's uh, time travel as much as like another dimension. Another dimension or something. What? Uh, anyone else feel like he's kind of MacGuffin the wizard? <laughs> like a little bit. Yeah. Sure. I'll save the day. Absolutely. Yeah. He has like three minutes of screen time total. But he—he's the true hero of this whole episode. And then yeah. I didn't even notice this before. Hoist and Warpath like give, play give patty each cake. Other ten, yeah. but they... <laughs> six. But yeah. Hoist has a, a I, stub arm. I like how you. I like how Alpha, Alpha Magnus gives Hoist that that one appendage as a, a single <laughs> give digit. Him, give me give six. Him six. He gives him one. That counts as one. That's a digit. I like it. <laughs> There's an explosion that drives off the dragon, and our nickel-plated knights make their way back to the good old 20th sea, and they enter the world in the middle of a battle, but oh, I don't know God. why this battle's happening, because there's no other Autobots there. It's as if nope. Megatron is just firing blindly <laughs> at Wait, Stonehenge. Are there no other Autobots? They're shooting at the dragon. I guess you're right. They just He, shows, he just starts shooting at... Hoist and the Warpath, whole crew, even the bad guys. He's shooting at, at it's foggy. Well, Scream and Ramjet. It's foggy. He's, it's hard to see. He's dr he's drunk <laughs> he as shit. He thinks that they're traitors and they're working together. Yeah, that's something Starscream would do. Megatron is leading the fusion-powered front line. Starscream happily rejoins the ranks <laughs> as Spike, sick. Warpath, and Hoist drive back to Autobot headquarters. And Starscream is like, "Aren't you glad I'm back?" And that's where Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Starscream's that's like, the, uh, didn't you miss me or something? Sadly, Padme must die. No, that's yeah. like what it reminded me of. Yeah. Like he's he's kind of real angry. weird. Despite the title, uh, King Arthur doesn't make an appearance in this tale, nope. thus making him Sir not appearing in this film. I stole that from TF Wiki. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> Speaking of TF Wiki, they captioned all the photos from this episode <laughs> yes. with quotes from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. My favorite being a picture of Starscream over the cauldron with the caption, What manner of man can summon up fire without flint or tinder? Ooh. Yeah, I did notice they did that, which is probably what gave you maybe some impetus to make the opening Monty Python. Well, it, no, I think it was less that and just the obvious. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty clear go-to. It's on the nose. And I think I mentioned this earlier. This is one of only four pre-movie episodes without Optimus Prime. Yeah. Did you notice like you it is also one of the ones that's like I feel like they just phoned this one in. Oh. And yeah. that's why it's from like an unknown um animator. This animated studio, yeah. Oh. This may have been one of those like we need an episode here like really rushed fill-ins like Flint Dilly talked yeah. about how sometimes they would just have a hole and needed it filled. <laughs> normally he would write they... those. Good god, Ryan. It's true. I mean some yeah, I don't know. Those are the ones he wrote. It is like a, um, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, just a completely encapsulated episode that goes no, like, like means nothing overall. There was a third party toy maker called Bad Cube. They aren't really around anymore, but they created a version of Hoist that they named Lori. I don't know what that reference is. They did a, a Hoist. A Lori, is, Lori a, is a truck. It's a truck in in England, like a work truck. 
And some of the tchotchkes that accompanied that toy were a horse and two figurines, one representing Spike in his armor and one representing Aethling the Red. It came with shields and jousting gear. And I guess for obvious reasons, they couldn't put an Autobot symbol on that shield. Put a sticker on that. You you break the law, consumer. Uh, have have Al- Alpha Magnus upgrade that shit. <laughs> Alpha Magnus could just make it and sell it. And 12 people would buy it. <laughs> Actually, that's... That's the kind of stuff that I could put on Shapeways because I'm not doing the printing. So oh. I do have a couple things up there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Think like you that. can turn a profit on your 12, 12 quantity sales? Uh, so I sold a few of these. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the like the Siege Megatron. like doesn't have like a cannon on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I had a guy who asked me to make one of those, and I made 25 cents off of that. Nice. Oh, wow. All right. You could have made a so, call 20 years ago. The margins, baby. Yeah. As far as voice actors, new characters, there's not much. Jack Angel, who we've covered before, he does Ram fucking Jet? talk Ramjet and Sir Wolf. Later on in the series, he'll do Astro Train, Omega Supreme, and post-movie Ultra Magnus. And he'll also do Cyclonus after the passing of Roger C. Carmel. The wizard Stanley Tucci was actually voiced by Corey Burton, and oh. Aethlin the Red was voiced by Skeletor himself, Alan Oppenheimer. Nice. Cool. Wygend of Blackthorn was voiced by our (laughs) leather-browned legend, (laughs) Michael Chain, which uh, (laughs) leaves us with the first appearance of actor Joy Gridnick, which in itself is spelled very curiously, G-R-D-N-I-C. I guess that's a Nordic thing. But she was Princess Nimue, and for Transformers, she's also credited as Junkion Consort Nancy. Oh, Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> oh, that's weird, because that's the other other episode that I was going to say. I love that episode. Uh, the great um, broadcast. Is that the one, the great broadcast, where Nancy was a yeah. character? She's also credited, strangely enough, on IMDb, she's credited as Jessica Morgan, but TF Wiki did not credit her as Jessica Morgan. And Jessica Morgan, the voice actor, is listed as question mark. So I don't know if there's contention there, but IMDb, I'm assuming they get it right. And she also was Jessica Morgan. She did a number of other voice acting roles in such series as The Smurfs and the animated Hazard County spinoff The Dukes. And she was a writer and set decorator for other shows throughout the 80s. Cool. That is Joy Gridnick. Every time you say you jo- know what needs You know what needs a, a, a cartoon? What? Is Moonshining Cousins. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. With a racist <laughs> car. Yeah. They, was- were, uh, they were selling fireworks. That's what they did in like the... A lot of those shows, they just be like, they switch it from like drugs and alcohol to fireworks. Oh, really? Like a, I, I don't know if that's what it is. I just know that's what the joke was back in the day. They were Whenever someone went from like this to this, it was fireworks. <laughs> we watched uh, Toxic Avenger, which was like a terrible show that children I should remember. never watch. Yeah. Um, then they made a TV show of it that was like, he was just the janitor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oddly enough, they, uh, they were making, in that cartoon, they're making the fireworks from pigeon shit. (laughs) uh... Poop's fine. (laughs) The series The Dukes features the Duke boys and their cousin Daisy in an automobile race. It's a race is the construct Uh, then. Against Boss Hog, Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, and Roscoe's dog Flash in a duel for the prize money, which the Dukes hope to use to keep the family farm from being foreclosed by Boss Hog because they can't can't keep the family farm running without slave labor. Why would he agree to this race? As Boss Hawk. Oh, 
There's no upside. Boss Hog wants the money and land for himself, so he, Roscoe, and Flash plan various schemes to keep them from winning. So it's a, what is the race around the world? It's a real Around the world in 80 days? No, Cannonball run? Maybe Cannonball run is more what I'm thinking. But there's also a real life race that people do that's kind of an intercontinental. Mm, I don't know. It's a European intercontinental race. I don't remember the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. I do not. You know what? I'm looking at the General Lee. The characters are standing in front of the car. It is hard to tell. They're hiding it. They're hiding the Confederate flag. But isn't the, the flag on the roof? Yes, it is. Okay. Go oh, on. no. Frank Welker as Flash, Smokey, and the General Lee. Does the so General the Lee car talk? talk? Frank Welker plays the General Lee. Nah. Of course Frank Welker's in it. That guy was about the busiest guy. Any other names here we can recognize? Tom Peter Cullen. Additional voices. Zombie Jack Man. Angel, Michael Bell, Susan Blue. Huh? In the real world. In the real world, a Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court aired uh, October 24th, 1985. In the American Top 40, we finally have a new actual number one hit from this week. Uh, I think we may be out of the Mobius strip region that uh, is Dire Straits. Fingers crossed. Uh, number one for this week, we have a song written by Michael Masser and Gary Goffin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing either of those names correctly. Saving All My Love For You, recorded by Whitney Houston for her debut self-titled album. It's not very easy living all alone. My friends try and tell me of my own but each time I try I just break down and cry cause I'd rather be This uh, this that shit that means we're about to get into an era of Whitney Houston just racking up number ones for the next eighty weeks. All she did was put up threes. <laughs> That's a basketball joke. <laughs> <laughs> she um Great she job. she won the Grammy for best female pop vocal performance for this song, although the song did cause a controversy due to its lyrics referring to having an affair with a married man. Whitney's mother Sissy thought the song's message would reflect poorly upon her daughter. Here's the lyrics. You've got your family, and they need you there. Though I've tried to resist being last on your list, but no man's going to do. So I'm saving all my love for you. Whitney said, I was going through a terrible love affair. He was married, and that will never work out for anybody. Never, no way. And so she had a good relationship from then on with no problems at all. So would you say that that guy was too legit to quit? I would never say that. <laughs> Isn't that, uh, or am I thinking of, uh, was that her, her prerogative? Jesus. There you I can't go. remember what there song Bobby Brown did. <laughs> My prerogative's correct. That's pretty much all I had for it. I like this song. Um, I will say, based on if that, if this song were a Tyler Perry movie, I guess by the end she'd get like HIV or something. Ooh. Those movies are I've terrible. I've never seen a Tyler Perry movie. There's but... no need to. Hey, some people love that stuff. I know. <laughs> they don't have style. Some people love blood sausage. It doesn't make it right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can like whatever you want. I just think they're terrible. 
what you were just talking about reminded me of a Dusty Springfield song. I wonder if anybody was angry about Dusty Springfield's song Breakfast in Bed, which is also clearly about a an affair. An affair. It's an amazing song and an amazing album, but because she's blue-eyed soul. Not only that, blue-eyed British soul. I wonder if she caught any shit for it. Probably not. Fuck you, Dusty Springfield. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I think we all agree you're a piece of garbage. Wow. All right, a number one at the box office. Uh, we also have another true number one at the box office this week. Uh, again, only at the top spot for one week. Jagged Edge, starring Glenn Close, Jeff Bridges, Peter Coyote, and Robert Loja, who the last was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for this movie I have no memory of at all. I love the IMDb description. A wealthy woman is murdered in her beach house. The husband is allegedly knocked out first. He inherits all. He has a female ex-criminal prosecutor represent him in court. And that's it. That's it? <laughs> that's the description. Okay. Intriguing. It's one of those, like, sexy movies that's, like, a mainstream, like, softcore porn, kind of like, right. which Glenn Close would go on to do, uh, uh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Uh, which I saw far too young. Is there a lot of just kind of sexy sax sort of careless whisper style? Yeah, kind of, like, that kind of shit. Like careless whisper? It's yeah. like a body heat. Lots of sweat. Uh, yeah, and then Michael, like Michael Douglas in, in Basic Instinct yeah. and, and, and Sharon Stone, that kind of, it's a kind of that kind of movie. Did, uh, was it written by what's his nuts? Joe uh, Walsh. Joe Walsh wrote it. When he was trying to deal with the death of his son. Oh, God. Joe Walsh's son died? Yes. Adam Walsh. That's why he even got into this no, whole no, game. No, no, <laughs> no. Here's what's, really, here's what's really weird. Here's what's really weird. Ryan, Joe Walsh is a musician. He was in, the, the, he was in the fucking Eagles. Dude. Oh. But he did actually ha he did have a child die. Was he murdered? Um... I don't. We don't need to go down this tangent. Well, it doesn't matter if you don't know off the top of your head. I was thinking of Joe Walsh from like the America's Most Wanted kind of guy. I don't know if that was the show he was on or. I don't. Was his name Joe Walsh? Isn't it Joe Walsh? I don't think so. I was talking about Joe Esterhaas, who wrote everything in the '80s and '90s. He wrote Flashdance, Basic Instinct, and Showgirls. But Joe, I think you're talking about Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh was his son. You guys are thinking about John oh. Walsh. Okay. Pretty close. Good God. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> wow, how did okay. we get here? Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's about... Uh, that's about it. That's about all I had to say about that movie. Um, fun facts... You just Forrest Gumped us. <laughs> from this... Y'all been That's gumped. about all I have to say about that. <laughs> Y'all been gumped. How do I get out of this hole? Um, fun facts from this week in history. Laszlo Josef Biro... The Hungarian inventor who patented the first commercially successful ballpoint pen died on this day at age 86. So he was one year older than the century. Huh. Commercially successful probably be his code for like he cheated and screwed a bunch of people out of some shit. Like Edison and Tesla. Hmm. But could he hammer his through a baseball and it's still right? What is that no, reference? <laughs> that's actually from like the 80s. They like that was one of the uh, like this pen can do this. It's space age polymer. They were literally selling a pen and trying to sell it as it's a terrible commercial. Check that out. <laughs> yeah, uh... it was like infomercials back then. It was like that. Uh, I saw this boat in half. It was the same thing, selling products that already exist 
with fantastical results or products that don't actually add any value. I remember seeing yeah. a commercial for some sort of contraption that was maybe like a, a boiling pot and spaghetti strainer. And it was like, don't you <laughs> oh, hate I've it when this that. happens to you? And they like yeah, pour they the boiling it. spaghetti noodles all over themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, maybe it's uh, time for them. <laughs> Didn't have a lot. This was written by Douglas Booth on uh, March 8th, 1985, revised by Mr. Friedman on March 13th, 1985. Both the original script and Ron's edited version of this are available online, which I'll link to on our website because it's always fun to compare. Um, the script's pretty much intact as written, except Ron changes a lot of dialogue, usually for the better. I'll just let this following line stand in for all of them. Warpath's first line, as written by Douglas Booth at the beginning where they're chasing the Decepticons, is, Let's see what your sensors make of this! And then to which Ron revised, Gotcha! Zorch! Whoosh! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> the only, yeah, I love it. Good old Ron Friedman. Truly outrageous. Yes. The only other one I had was the original broadcast version of this episode had a misspelled title card, a Decepticon spelled D-E-C-E-P-T-A-C-O-N, Raider in King Arthur's Court. Is there any other script deviations? No, that's it. Typically, we like to rate the scheme at this point of the show, and because uh, we have our guest, Alpha Magnus, do you want to go first? Yeah. Th was there a scheme at all? Hmm. Like, Starscream... Starscream's is, like, decent. Uh, he was doing pretty good, but uh, got foiled by the Autobots, so I guess it's a 10 or a 0. <laughs> yeah. Well, they unintentionally yeah. ended up where they yeah. were, but when they got there, that's when the scheme started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the dude made lightning. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and explosives, so yeah. he's getting a 10 for that side, Yeah, I but agree. the overall show was, like... Starscream yeah. definitely made lemonade out of the lemons that were given. Right. Yeah, yeah. Starscream gets a 10, the rest is zero. Yes. And he was foiled by the wizard MacGuffin who can yeah. create yeah. He who could, is in, science but can create lightning. There was nothing Starscream could have really done against that. Yeah. It just he just got dealt a really bad hand. Yeah. Sans the wizard, he was he was on he was on point. And he was, Owl can and fuck he, up Ravage. It does seem like this yeah. episode was written by an anti vaxxer. It's like uh, science. <laughs> no, Jesus. <laughs> what are like? Um, the other thing was, too, like, what I'd like to know is what he was going to do after that if he wasn't foiled. Mm -hmm. Like, is he going to go to um, the mountain and just straight up ice Megatron? Like, they, they got oh, the thing in the wagon. Yeah. Oh, and Mount, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Mount, it's not Mount St. Helena. Is this Mount Helena? Mount, uh -uh. I don't, I'm not sure. Anyway, go to the Ark and kill Megatron. Well, he says he says what he wants to do is take over the world, which is not inconceivable for him if he can make sustainable energy, I guess. Because uh, you know. I, I and, yeah, just, the, just, and the Autobots. If he just went and killed the Autobots in the Ark, they wouldn't be there to stop him. Yeah. Like Warpath and uh, yeah. fucking oh Hoist. paradox, fuck we grandfather paradox. Nice. I have to really agree with Alpha Magnus. I said apart from Starscream's scheme. There's, there's, there's no scheme. There's really nothing going on except it's just all completely reactionary mm -hmm. by the Autobots and by um, uh, Spike. It's so reactionary that 
uh, early in the episode, the Autobots are just kind of chilling at the castle, making yeah, like preparing Spike for the tournament. Yeah, they're not really focusing on what needs. They, Warpath is like, I, uh, uh, Hoist just called me over for something when he should be saying, "We gotta find the Decepticons." Yeah, we gotta and get rid of them. Yeah, we got a, we got a problem. True. We got a problem. Yeah, it's so rare we see the Autobots only reactionary. Oh, no, it's true. <laughs> Did they even acknowledge that they were in the past, like, outright? <laughs> what if they never even realized they're in the past? They just don't even have <laughs> they a They thought clue. they're LARPing or something at a red yeah, fair? They don't even know. I'm surprised That's Spike funny. didn't give a half-hour uh, history lesson to the Autobots. No, we're in medieval England. You I see, love the were... idea that the Autobots don't even realize that they went through a time portal. Yeah, that they just That's great. stumbled upon these rando people, did some shit, and then now they're back through the portal I except it. it's not a portal they're just <laughs> they don't know yeah, yeah. A doorway yeah they, yeah they it wasn't a portal at all they just yeah. walked in inside of a uh, building and walked hoist, back out of it hoist in the beginning mentioned something about like oh well according to your your clothing but never like says we are in the right. past right he just analyzes her clothing and then she makes a joke about being ahead of times or something yeah oh she's ahead of her times yeah. yeah. Okay. Or behind. Well, she's behind remember. the times. Yeah. She, they're they're their simple country clothing isn't yeah. as fancy as the big city yeah. of Camelot. I like yeah. that fashion. I mean, I guess yeah, fashion probably has existed as long as there's been clothes. Oh yeah. Can you imagine caveman fashion? Did I, you see what Queeg was wearing? Yeah. Well, Fred Flintstone was Fred Flintstone was nice. He had a he had like a tie, a necktie on his. Uh, Oh yeah, on his outfit. The animation. How'd you guys feel about the unknown studio? I like. I thought it, it was fun. It's good. We could talk. All right, so, okay, we can. We can. I am the ghost of the iconic movement. You know, rumble covered in bird shit. <laughs> <laughs> what about the bird just shitting on Starscream's head? That's pretty cute too. Uh, Ramjet jousting in battle. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the introduction of Stanley Tucci into the Transformers. Oh my universe. god, you've got to stop. I'm I'm gonna say that uh that uh the MacGuffin Merlin with yeah. the badass owl yeah. is my iconic moment. Solomon you can just place that on the front and someone's gonna watch that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it has nothing to do with the entire episode. No. Even better. It's like a comic book cover. <laughs> he just shows up and brings that lightning. <laughs> you call down the thunder, well now you've got it. <laughs> I'd say my the iconic moment was um Ramjet headbutting that horse. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> just severing its spine. Boom. The horse that got right back horse. up. He got back yeah, up it's again. It's true. It's true. And just stood there, dazed. I think the <laughs> the dragon introduced haphazardly at the end of the episode oh my also God. has potential. It's iconic, yeah. It's like they put the dragon in just so they could make an excuse for the name they gave it at the beginning of the episode. Dragon's Mound. If yeah. I, if I was a lazy animator, I'd just be I'd call it something else. Call that mound something else yeah. so we can get out of here. Time travel mound. Pound mound. <laughs> He's visiting relatives. That's what the runes spell out. <laughs> we'll return at. Yeah. So, How did that guy know that? <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, uh, it is just in general, I think it's an iconic episode. I think it. Yeah. People remember. They might not remember which Autobots went back in time or Decepticons or much or anything about the plot, but I think everybody kind of remembers there was this epi- medieval times episode of the Transformers. Yeah, I remember this from childhood, but didn't remember anything specific about it. For some reason yeah. in my mind, Bumblebee was back there. There's a, a Ren Fair episode. The, Do you the, do... 
Renfair? The exclusion of Prime is weird. Yeah. Are you a Renfair guy, Alpha Magnus? Not myself. I've uh, I I have a bunch of friends that I go with sometimes, but that's but you not don't, like I'm their forsooth thing and whatnot. You don't larp it up or or joust or uh, this is like the eighth yeah. time you said larp in this can, episode. Can, can, well, this is <laughs> larp, the only larp, larp. episode where it makes sense to say larp so many times. Do you, yes. do you go go looking for wenches with your turkey legs? No, okay. no. I do all. I do like. Uh, I'm a convention goer, but those ren fairs, they're always muddy. Yeah, <laughs> like always. Oh like, no, I've true. not been to one around here that d- wasn't in like a swamp. So yeah. I'm just like, Ugh. I bet you they yeah, got um, mead there though. They probably do, and no one buys it for me. So yeah, because I'm usually the d- designated driver anyway. One thing I do like about uh, Renfairs though is that the they always have people selling leather armor, and it just always amazes me how much they charge for it, and people still purchase. Like three hundred dollars for an armor set, okay. But I've seen them like three grand, and people are just like, "Oh, thanks! Yeah. I had you pre-order this," and they show up and they got like a full. Xena we need to get into cause... the leather game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Jeez, uh, I'm sure and leather. those people are craftsmen. You're gonna have to. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just like, wow, people are just like, "Here's your three thousand dollars, sir. Give me some leather." Next time on the Autobot Decepticast. We'll be back to our normal production timeline with a blaster-centric spotlight entitled, Is This Music? Yes. Alpha Magnus, have you got any plugs for us? <laughs> Plug yourself. Uh, <laughs> follow me on the instantaneous grams. Yeah, uh, Instagram, Alpha Magnus. Um, I have a Facebook page as well, but really just follow me on there, and that kind of leads you to everything else that I do. If you want some parts made, look it, look it up. And your Etsy store is one of these days. Your Etsy store is also Alpha Magnus, is that right? Or? Yeah, pretty much everything is except for okay. my PlayStation 4 account and uh, YouTube because someone took them. For us, Autopod Decepticast, if you'd like to support us, you could do it one of two ways via Patreon or th- buy some merch in our fucking store. AutopodDecepticast.com or Patreon.com slash ApodDcast. And other than that, you can find us on all the social medias. Uh, where are we? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Mostly Twitter. At ApodDcast. And other than that, listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and tune in. Five stars, please. I think this was a pretty good episode. It was good. Yay. Uh, Alpha Magnus, you were a you were a great uh, guest to have on the show. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. No, it's fine. I, <laughs> I, I, I tried to, to, to make it mean. Yeah. <laughs> I do like to annoy people. Let tell me why. Awesome. If you want to annoy somebody from awesome. Boston, bring up the wire. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah. our city's way shittier than Baltimore. They should have made it about us. Yeah. Or no, sorry, I'm sorry, Baltimore. That's what I meant. There's a group like uh, Cybertronic Spree called Master Sword. Mm-hmm. They sing Legend of Zelda music. Uh huh. I figured that was where that was going. But like metal. Uh huh. Cool. It's metal. It's awesome, actually. The lead singer, yet again, a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really good, and uh, I go and see them. And talking to the other guys, the other guys were WASD, and they do like. They did, like, Duke Nukem and a mm. bunch of other weird, like, old themes hmm. for PC. Um, they just kind of, like, tag along with the other group. But I was talking to them. I'm like, hey, yeah, you guys are from there. Yeah, kind of like The Wire. And they're like, yeah, kind of like The Wire. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, just like Drew Carey is just like Cleveland. And then I literally just went, I, I did soul searching. I'm like, 
Yeah, just like Clint, just like Clint. <laughs> I get it. Everyone has a pool table in their backyard. Uh, everyone owns a, a, their own brewery, mm-hmm. like it, microbrewery. It's it is Cleveland. Yeah, it's everyone just, has a stupid job with a clown. It's just like uh, how we're all secret <laughs> agents, people from Nixa. Uh, you get that reference? That's, that's <laughs> our only. That's our only movie connection. It's Jason Bourne. Oh my Jason God! Bourne. It's Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. <laughs> Who yeah. the fuck are? Except I'm sure that I've never actually seen those movies, but I'm sure it's so dropped so nonchalantly it's, that nobody would ever well, fantasize about Nixon. The, the weird thing about it is they drop it in the last 15 seconds of the movie. Oh, so really? like, yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty big. Like, like he's going around and this woman, he's trying to find his identity, and this woman. He gets a hold of some kind of bureaucrat, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Your name, your real name is blah blah blah, and you're from Nixon, Missouri." And then the credits roll, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> and of course, everyone in the in the in the theater was like, "Whoa!" Oh, of course, if that I always ha- wondered if it was one of those things where they had a different uh, drop for every city <laughs> that the movie was in. Next, and you're from Nixon, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. As I understand it, Brad Pitt fed that to Matt Damon. Oh really? From, they were looking for just a small town, and he Ozark's was like, influence. "He's from Springfield," and so he was like, "Nixa, use Nixa." The Ozarks are taking over Hollywood, baby. Well, I, hey, we might all. Are you planning on going to Baltimore? I assume we'll all be jabbed and stuck, and won't have to wear masks. I'm gonna and... go to everything. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. You're... Okay, well, I guess I'll get into it. You're gonna hear nothing for a minute because uh, it is our culture around the APDC to listen to the theme song before we start talking. Gets <clears throat> gets me jazzed to do the intro, and then they're doing an intro, and then at some point bring you in. Yeah, I have a short, short intro because I figured we would chat for a little bit off the top, and I'm surprised you didn't do a uh, Christmas story one. Just put it out there. You know, we did... I don't love that movie. I'm not gonna. I know people love it. Christmas. That's smart. I guess that's smart. I'm sorry. I missed. I missed an opportunity. No, I went Monty Python. Uh, It's there's still next year, but also this won't come out until after the new year. So that's true. Um, I do. I saw a Christmas story for the first time like three years ago, and it's fine. I I understand it's a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. It just never hit my eyes. So. The age that I am and the age that that is, a lot of the stuff that's in that movie actually existed, and I went and saw it. So it's a little weirder for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Like Yeah, there like is the a Christmas Story out. house, right? Is that in Cleveland? It's south of Cleveland, but yeah, it's like okay. this suburb. I That, that slide he got kicked down mm-hmm, by yeah. Santa, been down that. Oh, <laughs> wow. wow. So that was, that was yeah. real. That wasn't just for the movie. Um, so kinda they they puffed it up a lot. Okay. Um, there's also a weird dude who walked around called Mister Jingling or oh, something no. like that. <laughs> it and sounds it, like it a pedophile. Like, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so, but <laughs> imagine um, what do you call it? Uh, Captain Kangaroo, but he was Christmas themed. Mm. Okay. Now well, I'm sorry I just, dropped pedophile into it. I, kept, I don't want to. Well, he. <laughs> If you so any adult that saw this guy should have been like I'm keeping him away from my children. <laughs> Mr. Jingling. He looked Yeah, Mr. Jingling, I think it was it was it, like he literally just walked around with bells. Like, he just had bells all over him. Ridiculous. Holy like, shit. Yeah. It, it, it seriously all he needed was a clown costume and a white van. Oh god, I found pictures well, of him. Uh-oh, Caleb, oh, Caleb knows fuck. what the candy. What do we got here? I'm I'm going <laughs> to send it to the airdrop it. Oh no, it's not bells. Oh no. 
And he's got, just dicks. You no, know, it's a giant key ring, and he jingles Holy the keys. Shit. Oh my yeah, god, this yeah. guy looks ridiculous. He, he looks, looks like, like Doctor. He yeah. looks like Doctor Robotnik. Problematic. Yeah, it, it was, it was creepy back then. So even funnier, my sister's dad was Billy the Clown. He's my half sister. So like he would be on the parade at Christmas time. Billy the Real is that a famous today. Cleveland thing or something that moved beyond Cleveland? It wasn't even famous. It was just like a yearly thing. We got a guy named Dick Goddard that was up here. He recently just died. Um, and he weird. like oh. he was the um, Bob Barker of the area. Always told you to get your pet spayed and neutered kind of deal. There he is. I knew it. Yeah, that's that's Mr. Chandler. Good God. <laughs> oh, Holy brings shit. back memories. <laughs> so I crazy. like his look. Is the, is that hair? It make a good Halloween. Out? Make a good Halloween costume. Yeah, nobody would know <laughs> no, who you are. Mr. Cleveland. Take it to Ohio. Yeah. I'm All actually right. doing a Cleveland centric one. Um, have you guys ever heard of um, Norton Furniture? Yeah, I think so. It's is like that one a of those weird, that had an like, infomercial that went viral kind of thing. Yes, and it actually he got he got one of the uh, Taco Bell uh, ones a few years back when the uh, Super Bowl did that for the Quesalupa. Okay, <laughs> they did like localized uh, ones where they literally just did a commercial that looked like the local commercials. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that I'm doing Norton Furniture, but as the Witcher. <laughs> if you nice, look at him, nice, it's hilarious because nice. he's got gray hair and it's it's uh, in a ponytail. Look up Norton and, uh, Furniture. Here, I'll just do it. I can I, do it. I, you know what? I have access to a computer no. and Google. That's okay. Norton yeah, Furniture. All of the ads are terrible. <clears throat> They're all terrible. There's an, uh, there's, an, there's an article about Mr. Jing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. Good news for people that have granite problems. Oh, this is a Halloween Norton thing. Furniture is here for you. He sounds like... Now... Seriously. Wait, maybe this isn't Halloween. If you can't get credit in my store... Oh, no. That's, that's his... That's you his can't place get where he credit sells furniture. Anywhere. It's got like mannequins all over. My the name place. is Mark. And it gives you a free loaf of bread when you buy you furniture. You can count on it. <laughs> oh, oh he's got a ponytail. You gotta help me out. He that's looks Ryan. like that's, um, that's Ryan in a few years. Maybe he looks like a crazy Doctor Phil. Remember Ed yeah. uh, Powers? He looks. Oh like yeah, Ed he Powers does look like Ed Powers. Good news for people that have credit problems. <laughs> Good news. Oh my God. Now, Good news for seriously, if you problems. can't get credit in my store, <laughs> you can't get credit anywhere. <laughs> my name is Mark. Oh, this one's Mark. good because it's got another local celebrity. That legitimately scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Kind of All right, well, this, this will be That's, fun to add to yeah. the okay, that, APDC website. I like how they featured the ponytail in his profile, too. <laughs> it's almost ASMR. <laughs> For a second. Yeah. All right, that, that guy's awesome. All right, let's get and you're into gonna, it. You're going to be that content. That okay, yeah, we should. This, get, is too, this content's too good I know, for a free show. We're, yeah, we're. we're <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably go at the end, actually. Right. Is it a post-show nugget? Bruno Cells is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs>